sports fans, and welcome to episode 59 of State of My Sports. That's State of MI Sports. We talk about the teams we love and you love in this great state of Michigan. Stay in touch with us on our social media, State of MI Sports, on Instagram and Twitter. Also, like our Facebook page with the same name, State of MI Sports. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. You'll learn when a new episode is out. And share us with some friends to help us grow our audience. Episode 59 will sound a bit different. Uh, bringing in a couple special guests today. Uh, we have Eric Plata on with us, who is the brewmaster at the Hobbs Brewing Company and Cafe, along with Bearded Ed himself, Ed Norton. Uh, he is uh, Bearded Ed on Instagram, and you know he works with uh, Better on Draft blog and podcast. So um, usually we do a lot of talking, but today we will be doing a lot of li- learning about the beer we love and you love in the great state of Michigan. That's our goal of this podcast. But we are going to talk about the Detroit Lion or Detroit Tigers draft today as well. And of course, we'll grade some Michigan beers. I am Sam Walthart. With me today, we have Ryan Walthart, Micah Smith. We'll bring our special guests on in a little bit later. Um, Micah, you were talking about the, the beers and bikes thing that, that we were going to do this, this previous weekend. I Did was talking a, about it. Was that a successful event or no? It was very successful. So to tell the audience we, if they miss it, what we do. So for my 30th birthday, we did the pub peddler, and we spent a lot of money doing that. Everyone knows that. So we got this wise idea. Why don't we just kind of skip the four or $500 and hop on our bikes and then go drink beers? So that's what we did. And I think it's slightly frowned upon. <laughs> just roll with it, baby. I like it. I, like I think it. it's, it's slightly right. frowned upon you know, by law enforcement. But you know what? As long as you don't act like a goofball on the road on your bike, I think you're going to be A-OK, and everyone was OK. No accidents this time, which was great. Were, were there any e-bikes or no? E-bikes? What's no. an e-bike? Yeah, e-bike, like an electrical electric bike where it's got yeah. a little electric motor on it that assists you. you oh, get... that sounds awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. Do they yeah. have those in Grand Rapids? Yeah, all over. Really? Yeah. What? I didn't even see them. Yeah. Oh, I missed well, the train. Because if you did, I was going to say, like, what are the rules on that? Because those things assist you up to like probably 25 miles an hour. Yeah, it's probably even more dangerous. I, got, I think you get in big trouble for something like that. <laughs> yeah, I've got two legs that assist me. That's it. <laughs> That's all I got. And he's at one speed, and it's very, very fast. One yeah, speed? Apparently. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was leading move. the clan, and I'd have to look back, and I'm like, man, are they like a half a mile behind, or are they around <laughs> the block, or where are they? <laughs> there was a pregnant lady with us. She was being very cautious that yeah. she should have been, and Micah, right. Micah forgot about that a few times. Oh, gotcha. Uh, sorry. <laughs> it was good, though. But you said no goofballs, so that's why Ryan didn't make it. You'd have a good weekend, though? Yeah, I did. I knew I was going to get called out for not going, too. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the first thing I thought of. I was like, well, I'm not going. They're going to bring it up. Well, another thing that's kind of going on in the sports world, it's not really a topic, but I wanted to bring it up. I mean, just a quick discussion about the, ty- the Pistons GM search. It sounds like they have a guy, Troy Weaver, He's kind of emerged as, as the favorite to become the next GM of the Pistons. I don't know a whole lot about the dude, from, but I'm starting to look into it. He's been around the game for a very long time. I think he was with the Jazz for a little bit. Um, but now he's with – is it Oklahoma City Thunder? That yeah, he's the a, Thunder. He's yeah. like the mm-hmm. number two man in, in the way they build a team. So, I mean, the way Oklahoma City does it, that's it, not a bad blueprint, No, right? I mean, they've definitely had a whole bunch of talent over the years. So whoever's running the show there is doing something right. I mean – at one time, they had James Harden, Westbrook, and Kevin Durant all at the same time. And, and you can now say they, you they can say you can say what you want about <laughs> none of them being on the team anymore, but they were still there. They collected yes. the talent. Yeah, for and sure. they had a decent decent little yeah, run there. So he's too. been there for for ten seasons. So he's been part of those drafts. He's been part of those. 
free agents. He's been part of those trades, whether they're wins or losses. You have a guy with experience and a guy that I think has, will have the respect around the league, which I think is, is really, really important for, for this next hire. Uh, we talked about it, I don't know how many weeks ago it was when we actually talked about the, the GM search or the mm-hmm. lack of GM current scenario you know, right. with the Pistons. The most important thing is this guy's – this is what he does. It's not just some random interim guy who's you know, uh, more worried about ticket sales than he is about a basketball team. Yeah. And he's the clear front runner, right? Sounds like it. I mean, yeah. And, and there's interest exciting. in both parties. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it's a very – it seems like the right hire. Like, I feel like the splash in Detroit would be, yay, Chauncey Billups, Tayshaun Prince, blah, blah, blah. You that know? warm, so fuzzy like, feeling. I'd rather have a guy that's, like, going to come in and he has a vision for the way he wants to build the team. Right. That's the way I want to see it. That's what I think this guy will do. It's not going to be, hey, look at me. And <laughs> here I am saying that when I love the Steve Eisenman hire. But it's not about, you know, what you've done for him in the past. It's about, you know, someone that knows what they're doing, someone that will come in with a plan – and because they have a lot of cap space here in the next couple of years, and they have high end draft picks, you got to hit on those, and you got to hit on them now. And that's what the if, Pistons if, need. Yeah, if you're going to succeed, you need a up. true GM. So I do want to jump into our beer intros, but before I do that, um, I want to remind everyone to stop into the Hops Brewing Company and Cafe for some of the best beer in West Michigan. Their family friendly atmosphere is perfect for a date night, night out with your friends, game day, or a night out with the family. The Hops is the official brewery of State of My Sports. In 2020, and if you mention State of My Sports, you get a nice little discount when you dine in or carry out a crowler or growler. Stop in and try the State of My PA, which is named after the podcast, um, or seltzers or wines, any of their great beers. They're all over the place. We're going to grade a few of them here. Uh, whatever your beer of choice is, I'm sure the Hobbs will have something that you'll like just as much, if not more. So, Micah, start us off. With, tell everybody what you're drinking here tonight. Tonight, I'm drinking Madeira. It's an IPL. Uh, I believe it was uh, not aged, but it was put into some oak barrels for a period of time. Um, it, it's got a little uh, woody taste. I mean, it's it's hard to say what you know that tastes like, but it's it's a light drinking, easy drinking beer. Um, That's what I, I'm drinking as well, and and you've explained it very well. But I think we could turn it over to yeah. to the guy that created this. Thing. Absolutely. So, did Mike explain that pretty well? I mean, he had me. I mean, I would have bought in. Yeah, I, I, I think he did a pretty good job. Uh, I think I may have botched it. <laughs> no, no, you did great. Um, that beer, uh, it's called Madeira. It's an IPL, means it's uh, an India Pale Lager. Um, it's got a really cool history. Uh, that will, I guess, backstory. Uh, that beer itself is aged on American Red Oak. Um, it gets about a two-week contact time of American Red Oak, uh, which kind of rounds out the entire beer. Um, I actually did that in collaboration with Proletariat Woodshop out in Chicago, who, uh, which is owned by my brother. Very cool. Um, yeah, he's based out in the uh, north side of Chicago. Uh, he builds bars. Uh, check him out. He does breweries all over Chicagoland area. Um, does a fantastic job. So it was always one of our things to combine both passions into something uh, tangible that we, we would both, um, you know, enjoy uh he's a big beer drinker uh his wife works at revolution brewing company um when we decided to do a beer aged on um raw um milled wood that he would be providing uh we kind of played around with styles uh you know the the easy one would be some type of stout aged on wood i said let's do something weird let's do something crazy i'm a big lager fan um I love it and I enjoy brewing lagers. 
Uh, he's a big IPA fan, so we said let's combine them and uh, throw some American Red Oak. So he he milled the uh, it was a rough cut uh, piece of log, I suppose, and he milled it all at his shop in Chicago, diced it up in uh, one or two by two inch cubes, and then drove it up to GR where we brewed the beer and steeped the oak into the beer and uh, created this this weird beer wow. That's cool. <laughs> does, does anybody else do IPL like is that something yeah, you guys I mean, came I, up with or have you seen it before IPL is a style it's a real style um, I just don't see very many oak aged IPLs uh, one I don't see very many IPLs around West Michigan um, right. so that was kind of a you know a selling point for me um, you know we're kind of home of, of, of the lagers at least this way from Ann Arbor to West Michigan um and to do something like this was a little bit different, um, but it was fun. Um, but yeah, the, the oak is not soaked in any spirits at all. It's just rough, um, natural uh, American red oak. So you get a little bit of this like wine tanniny oak character that you would get in like a cab or a really bold red, but uh, in an approachable weird beer way uh and it's it's uh it's dry hopped so it's super aromatic it's got some simcoe and amarillo hops in the dry hop Very cool. uh, and the oak is just kind of lingers there a little bit you Interesting. know yeah but we're gonna have more fun learning about <laughs> this, is awesome, yeah. this is gonna go exactly how i want it because that was really interesting a podcast where we don't talk this yeah. is gonna be the best one i'm just gonna take my shoes off and have a good time here we go no but ryan you gotta introduce your beer here yeah i Eric, I think you should like put that on the can. Like everything you yeah, just sure. said, you, should, yeah. you got yeah, the recording yeah. now. Just throw yeah. it on the can. Exactly. <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm drinking Stand Delicious. Yeah, so that's been around. It you, has. This is like the the infamous beer from uh, Hops that I had never had except for before this weekend, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So you, that's right. Yeah. You brought some some back to your house and you gave me one and. I'm thinking it lives up to its hype, right? Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> pretty good. good yeah, we'll we'll get into a little bit more about Stand Delicious uh, later on. Um, as uh, Eric and Ed, don't forget he's here as well. We'll introduce him in a bit. Uh, but for now, well, you just gotta sit there, yeah. be quiet though. <laughs> drink, like drink, beer. drink beer. We have not introduced you at all. So. Yeah. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> All right. That's one of Andrea's favorite songs right now, so I had to go with it. Oh, it is? Yeah, it's one of mine, too. I like it. I think it's a good song. My wife made me do a dance to that song on, on tic- TikTok. TikTok. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I mean, like, I hear it now, I'm just like, oh, this. I think I watched that one from my, my window in New York. I think you did, yeah. <laughs> that was one that we did that. You it's really not... embracing it with your shirt. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. The dance team. <laughs> dance team shirt. All right, so we had the... comfortable, man. The, <laughs> so we had the... Smaller MLB draft, but I think it was more fun. I think it was a way that we could actually dissect the five players. Look, yeah, don't do that I to me. Don't like it. <laughs> we obviously don't like it. We're all on the same page with that. That the Tigers kind of got screwed over, but um, it, at least we can just talk about the six players. It, that it makes taking. it. It makes it more personal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I get it. Yeah. For sure. So so let's start at the top. Obviously, Spencer Torkelson. What was the first pick? He was. I mean, a hit or miss basically here. I mean. There was no question that he was going to be the guy taken. Time for, to I, get torqued. I have obviously questioned it. I still think an arm there it would have been okay, but I'm 100% okay with Torkelson. So what I want to do is, is read quickly uh, a little bit about him. Uh, he, so he's 20 years old, 
Uh, he raked throughout his time at Arizona State. He shattered Barry Bonds' freshman home run record, with, who had 11 home runs with 25 bombs his, his uh, freshman year in 2018. And honestly, think about the less pop that these bats had now or have now compared to when Barry Bonds was doing it. Very yeah, it's not even thing. close. Yeah. Um, he also racked up uh, so 54 total home runs and 130 RBIs in 129 games at uh, Arizona State. Uh, he's a right-handed slugger who can hit for average as well. He gets on base. He goes yard as evident to his so his slash line. So 337 average, 463. What is that one? Is that on base? On base percentage. On yeah. base percentage, and then 729 on, on, pay, on base plus. Slugging? Nope, that's just slugging. That's just slugging percentage. Yeah. Wowzers. That, those are unbelievable numbers. I get why they took them. Very important. I look. I look like an idiot here. I'm I'm excited about the guy, but I still wasn't sure about him. Because I still think you could have got a, a, another arm add to the value. I think we're all on the same page. I don't want to get into the second pick yet, but it was take Torkelson and get a, another arm in the second in the second round if that if you're going to take Torkelson. They, they didn't do that. Well, so, and, that, and that's the and that's the whole point because Asa Lacy is the guy that everybody kind of had their eye on as like the high upside pitcher, lefty. Throws heat, you know, mid nineties, but for some reason he just he strikes everybody out. So he obviously has some sort of awkward delivery where hitters cannot pick up on the ball, can't see the spin, miss on the fastball, and just get blinded by the slider. Yeah. Those same type of guys with just as high of upside were available in the second round. So that so that's the point. That's like why you go the safe bet with the best hitter in the draft. And he's a better hitter than anybody in last year's draft too, if you're comparing. Yeah. And then the pitcher you could address in other in other spots. So that's that's the argument behind it. Yeah. So look, it was nothing against Torkelson. And, and honestly, ever since the pick was made, I've been happier than a pig in crap. You know, like I I, I enjoy it. I'm, I'm happy with him. I like what I'm hearing from him. He's a hockey fan. Fits right with my my brain. He said one of his most exciting things about coming to Detroit is going to a Red Wings game. Completely. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> You'd probably rather go to a Red Wings game than a Tigers game anytime soon. But, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, like, nothing against him, but I still would have gone a different direction. But I get it. It's, it's the smart pick, the easy pick. Can't fault the Tigers for making it. One, th- one comparison that I heard that I thought was really interesting was so there, I was listening to the Bless You Boys podcast. They had some guys on from the Perfect Game uh, blog, and, and they were talking about how they, they compared, and here we go with chirping on the webs, uh, White Sox here, but Andrew Vaughn, who's the third overall pick last year for the, the Chicago White Sox. And these, this guy was like, look, I just think he's another Andrew Vaughn. Not that that's a bad thing, but it, he, that's what he compared him to. And then he went and watched this guy live, Torkelson I'm talking about, and he was like, holy smokes, it's a completely different level. This guy's hitting the ball like <laughs> 50 feet farther than anybody else in this league right now let alone Andrew Vaughn, who was a very good third overall pick last year. Um, so, th- I mean, that was kind of where they, they started the conversation was, this is what I thought he was going to be. And then I watched the dude live, and he is unbelievable. It got me really excited about this pick. Because, well, sorry, go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, you're right about the comparison. I was, I was thinking about that last week, but if you watch their swings side by side, they're completely different. And that's what makes them a different hitter too. So you get Torkelson, who is – quiet at the plate he's he's got like a short to the ball you know approach at the plate he hits the ball to the opposite field all the time he's most of his strength most of his home runs are opposite field or center field so it as, you're seeing the ball it means you're seeing the ball and you're letting it get deep and that's your power zone like the, if, if you're doing that on a consistent basis you're a good hitter you're not going to strike you can out stay on top of it. is it safe yeah. to say like the, the the hitters that can hit opposite field power are the guys that 
can hit off-speed pitches because they're not, Generally, yes. they're not trying to turn on the fastball pitches because they know they can turn on right. the off-speed pitches. Yeah, ex- exactly. That's why you see Miguel Cabrera hitting 330 and hitting opposite field home runs and Javi Baez hitting 260 with 40 home runs, but all he does is pull the ball. All right. Yeah, and, and so Andrew Vaughn's a good comparison because of how much power they actually have, but that's where it ends because Andrew Vaughn is a sellout every single swing. He's swinging as hard as he possibly can when it doesn't even look like Torkelson's swinging hard and the ball just flies. Yeah, and one thing that I noticed with, with Vaughn, so I, I pulled up his numbers because that was the first thing I did. was like, okay, what did he do his first year in the pros? I mean, he, he had a two seventy eight batting average, uh, three eighty four on base plus or oh, on base percentage, four forty nine slugging. In his first year as a pro, he went from rookie ball all the way up to a high A ball. I think that's a pretty good value for a third round pick or third overall pick and look i'm not hating on the guy like Vaughn, oh, he's like, going to be really but he's good. really good and we got somebody that is head and shoulders already above where he is or projecting to be is that fair to say yes so i want to turn the page away from torkelson unless you had anything else that you wanted to bring up no let's go second other, round. other than the, the excitement that he he really does bring to to the organization so so here we are in the second round the Detroit Tigers, they selected Dylan Dingler. So he's a, out of Ohio State, which is a school nobody likes. I don't want to be blinded by that, but it's still a part of it. I mean, no, obviously his, that de- man. his decision-making <laughs> already is questionable, in my opinion. Yeah. But let's, So let's go over about what he is. So he's, he's, he's 21 years old. He's, he was projected to be a first-round pick um, and ranked kind of around the 24, uh, 24th overall MLB pipeline, pipeline is what I read. Uh, he's an athletic defender who has ideal size and a strong throwing arm. He also has solid pop, is what they said here. Um, he hit 291 as a sophomore and had a 340 average, 404, 760 slash line in 13 games the, the past season, I don't assume, because I, I don't think they played it. So I, I want to get my thoughts out there, and then I'm going to turn it over to one of you guys here. But I don't want to say I hate this pick. I, I'm, I'm trying not to you know, hate on this kid alone because he very well could turn out. I don't want to, like, mm-hmm. die on a mountain. But what I want to die on here is is there was so much more value available here. Arm in general. Like, you had top – you know, you, you had arms available we here that, could, that yeah. could be, you know, right up there with, with the guys that we have. Uh, probably a couple years behind them, but the high ceiling for the guys that we have, like with Casey Mize – uh, Matt Manning, uh, yeah, Alex Faye and, and, and Scooble. And Scooble, yeah. I, I mean, mean, this these there is talent here. So Cole Wilcox was the first one that came to mind for me. Um, and let, Ryan, if you had something about Dylan Dingler, please bring it up. But I kind of want to look at what we passed on. That's what I want to focus on here. Yeah. So the day the day of the draft, we took uh, Dingler second round, and you immediately texted me, or even before the draft, I think, and you were like, "Hey, who you got here? Like, yep. who what, who are you guys?" I'm like, "I want pitcher." And I want Cole Wilcox, Clayton Beater out of Texas Tech, right-hander, or Dax Fulton. Yep. Preferred. I didn't think that uh, Cole Wilcox was still going to be there. I figured he would be off the board at that point. So I was thinking it was going to be Dax Fulton was my real pick Uh, going going into that whole – thing but yeah, so let's second focus day on him. let's focus on him then dax fulton yeah yeah left-handed pitcher and this is what i'm saying with asa lacy this guy has higher upside than asa lacy dax fulton's a, a high school kid so who can, yeah go ahead yeah who had tommy john surgery the year before so he's a year removed from tommy john or like eight months or ten months or something removed from tommy john and he was upper 90s and if you watch him he's got like the weird kind of lefty stuff 
which if, if you ever try to face one of those pitchers, I mean, it's just not fun. It's beyond difficult, yeah, it's especially just never, if you're a lefty six, hitter. He's 6'6", six, six lefty, yeah. And this is a guy who throws mid to upper 90s with, with a wipeout curveball, like Clayton Kershaw-type curveball. And, and with a funky delivery. Like he's, That's good he's, stuff right yeah, there. He's a, a <laughs> pitching coach's dream, so then they can just kind of tinker with him the yeah. whole time. So he went two picks after the Tigers to Miami. That I, I agree with you. So I didn't know the name before it, but I started looking into this dude, and I feel like Alavila really screwed the pooch on this it, one. It was a high upside. It was a guy that, as the Tigers were – the Tigers are the worst team in baseball. It's, it's – obvious so why wouldn't you risk a high-end guy like this yep. and even if he doesn't work out in the end he's still that shiny bright toy that you can sell off and get, go get a hitter if you need to when the time is right exactly something that i brought up last and he's and like, he's a high schooler so yeah. that shiny brightness is going to be around for a while yeah now it'll be interesting to see if he signs does he sign with miami does he go like fulfill his commitment to, to oklahoma that, i mean if you can't sign him i get it then you didn't miss out on anything but you That's also missed out on an opportunity. Yeah. Because I feel like reading about this kid is – and honestly, I think he's going to sign because I don't think he wants to go play three years of college and, and potentially injure himself and tank his stock. I mean, he was still at high stock coming off of uh, Tommy John here. Yeah. You could have put him in rookie ball. You could have t- treated this kid like he was – you know, fine china passed down from your great great grandma. Is it really? You could have wrapped this kid in bubble wrap for two years and still traded him. Yeah, exactly. Or used him yeah. if he pans out. And he I'm, would have stayed on the top one hundred list for a whole long, time. long time. So, so to turn it around, is he the reason why you're upset with Dylan Dingler? Yeah. It, okay. For me personally, like, yeah, I don't want to hate on Dylan Dingler. I, right. Obviously, I question his, his decision making, but. I don't know the first thing about the kid. He could turn out to be good. From what I've read about him is is he kind of pans out like his ceiling could possibly be a backup catcher is what I heard on this podcast earlier. Okay. It's like, all right, well, that that right there is what's like, why would you take a pick that's someone that could be a backup that, catcher? That, that's a stupid thing for them to say, though. Was it? Okay. Yeah, I mean, how can you say that their ceiling is a backup catcher? Catchers are the worst hitters out of all the position players anyway. So if anybody hits 300 – is going to be a good catcher in the bigs. Yeah. You know, speaking I mean, from a catcher. Yeah. Speaking yeah. from a catcher. Yeah. It sucks playing catcher and you, your legs are you. destroyed and you stop doing bases and like you, you don't hit the same, Like yeah. your hands hurt. So, so that it really is that disappointed me a little bit. But let's talk about the rest of the draft. I mean, unless you got something else. Yeah. I'm, I w- didn't want to interrupt. So yeah. I think that would be that really route, rude if you did. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I think just to go into Dylan Dingler a little bit more, what I really think the Tigers were looking at is they believed his progress throughout his college career was legitimate. And if you, you get a little taste of that looking at the, the stats, which his, his freshman year, he wasn't that great. And he didn't really get the most playing time. It looks like he started a lot of games, but it looks like he was also pulled from a lot of games late in games, probably for like pinch hitting and stuff. Sure. Okay. Second year, he hit 291 as a, as a sophomore against good competition. And then this year, I know it was a short season, just 13 games, but they were playing good competition, U of M, when they were traveling down south. And he hit 340 with, and I think he already had like four bombs on the season too. Okay. So, so he's, he's, he's gotten better. He's, over the he's last gotten better, and that's, that's legitimate. In, in college, you are going from you know, an 18-year-old kid, and then the more you develop and the stronger you get in your forearms, your hands, whatever, you know, these guys are turning into themselves what they're going to be for the rest of their lives. So by the time they're 21 – Generally, that's when you get your man strength and you can handle a bat, and then you know what kind of hitter you are. So, so with Wilcox and Fulton aside, I mean, what do you think about Dingler at the second pick 
for the Tigers, just just in general. I look, MLB had him as a high high end draft prospect. He was right. he was a first round talent according to them. That's because of how athletic he is behind the plate. He's like a Buster Posey, where he he's not this like big dude who's just gonna fill the space behind he's he's actually he's really athletic i actually really like the way he catches and he frames pitches well he handles pitchers he his pop time is really really good but to me that is i don't know i'm kind of changing my mind as i'm as i'm talking (laughs) because because it's so such a good idea to get a a future catcher to work with young pitchers so if that was their whole idea with this with this pick is we need our guy for the for for forever with our stud arms I can understand it. So if they're planning, Jake Rogers, then? yeah, I don't. You know, I don't like Jake Rogers. I know, but I mean, we're supposed to still. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I, don't know. I get it. But at the same time, again, it's no, like that's like replacing. You were not going to get the 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 high end pitching talent that was still on the board at the time. He's. I don't think he's that. Okay. All right. Well, I do want to talk. About, so let's move move through a couple here. Um, I think Daniel Cabrera. Um, he was. So they got him in the second round, number sixty two overall. So it was the the what do they call that? It's, MLB draft is so goofy. It's like a, it's not it's a compensation, compensation pick, right? but it's like a compensatory. Well, no, uh. they they talk about it. They like the uh, competitive balance. Oh yeah, pick yeah, is the way that they 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 say. It. That so is I think strange. Suck, Which is suck hard enough. you had a good you had a good player leave. Is Therefore, that, oh, we need they, to help you guys out a little more. Gotcha. So that's what they call those. It okay. is a compensa- the compensatory pick for NFL though. Yeah, that's yeah. What it is. Yeah, yeah exactly. So. I think that was a very good pick. I'm, I'm sorry. We're, we're running a little bit quick on time here, so I want to move past him. Um, quick? Let, so we have a lot so, of time. Yeah. So oh, we're good. Is there someone that – so, Ryan, I, I want to throw it to you. Which one <laughs> – so we got Daniel Cabrera, Trey Cruz, Gage Workman, and Colt Keith. Out of those ones, so that's second round, pretty much third through the rest of the draft, which one do you want to, like, dissect the, as one, one of your go-tos here? That you really liked. I, I think Gage Workman is the, the other one to, to look at. I, <laughs> I really like I really like Daniel Cabrera. Okay. And I and I do not like Trey Cruz at all. I think his swing is terrible. If you go watch the tape, it's awful. Okay. Uh Colt Keith, high schooler, I really like his upside too. But Gage Workman se- seems like the steal in the fourth round. And that's what I heard. So before we, we bypass this, it is absolutely hilarious. Like, can we just I wanna go back to this Torkelson pick? First baseman or left fielder. First baseman or left fielder. First baseman or left fielder. That's what we're hearing the whole time. Yep. And all of a sudden, Detroit Tigers select third baseman. Yeah, third baseman. Torkelson. <laughs> so then Al Avila comes on talking about Torkelson, third baseman, third baseman. <laughs> but then they also took Gage Workman, who was actually Arizona State's third baseman. From Arizona State, <laughs> yeah. Like, how funny is that? And now they're saying shortstop for him. Yeah. So it's like, hey, who wants to play pitcher? Like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. But it wasn't was your, wasn't a Cole Keith like a pitcher as well or something? Yeah. Like he that? So well, he's Trey, like, Trey Cruz. No, Trey, no, no, no. It was Cole, right. Keith. Cole yeah. Keith. Yeah. But well, anyways, so you want to talk about Gage Workman here before we move on? Well, I just like him. Yeah. I think that's all. I mean, he's, it, it, he's in the same Arizona State. Like these guys play a Arizona lot. Arizona State's a good, really good yeah. teams. So any kind of stats that they're putting up is legitimate. You know, they're not going to get overwhelmed when they go into the minor leagues. Yeah, so, so basically throughout the draft, you didn't take an arm. I think that's really important. All experts are saying, so look, I'm, I'm not an expert. I'm not going to pretend I am. Ryan's more of an expert than me. CBS Sports, so they, they said they gave him an A. Bleacher Report gave him an A. So CBS Sports says the Tigers held the number one pick, and they locked themselves into an A when they used it on Torkelson. A future middle of the order anchor, 
They then added a very good all-around catcher in the second round, a consistent college performer in the outfield, Daniel Cabrera, uh, and they flat-out stole Arizona State, kind of like you mentioned there, with, with infielder Gage Workman in the fourth round. Um, I mean, so basically everybody, all the experts are saying this is one of the best drafts out of any team in the baseball. Obviously you have that with the first overall pick. One thing that, I, I, that really bothers me is you had these picks, six, six picks overall, I want to believe. Is that, is that the yeah, right word? Yeah, six picks. Zero arms. How are you making your farm sister better with zero arms? We're two years away from having zero arms in our farm system, and they've spent a whole draft, a condensed draft, obviously, with zero arms. You can't tell me that that was a successful draft when you didn't take one, uh, in it, my opinion. I, I honestly think they're banking on next year being normal. Okay. Get get what you can as as far as like high end value this year, because we're we're not planning on having COVID next year. Okay, and some people might be. But. Well, <laughs> I, I get it, but but a lot Let's of the <laughs> a lot of the upside for a lot of these players and especially pitchers doesn't come in one in year one two. It's in the three four range. So you're still going to be down the road. They still have the pitchers in the farm system. You can you can see what the Tigers' goal was with this. It was quality by committee. It Correct. was like all of them. Is it? All right, that's that is our time. You're getting for, bored. No, I'm not getting bored. My phone is <laughs> getting on. bored. Hold on. <laughs> and for once, we have people that are. That yeah, I, know. I am more concerned about here. So now I'm just I'm just giving. If the, you get, <laughs> if you, on, get, you got the last I have, word. Here. I have to. Okay, yeah. You I get the last word. This. Just everything out on the table. Not that there's room on the table. With there's no more room, yeah. Cords and stuff. There, if you, if the, you know, the Tigers just selected six bats. They had, their farm system, the strength of the farm system was obviously arms. What moves faster through a farm system? The bats do. So they're mm-hmm. obviously trying to hit on as many of these as they can by quantities, you know, and then all of them come up together. And by the time the pitchers are in the bigs and they're making a difference, that's when our stud young hitters are coming up with them. So, so you can see the goals. Yeah. And it, and it works. We're doing that song for a reason, and, and it's a really good song. Obviously, I hate it because it's the Chicago Blackhawks goal song. You hate what it, it means. You don't I hate, hate what song. it means, but it's one of the. Co- <laughs> so, all right, so quick story about, well, not really a story, but just the way Chicago fans absorb, like, just love their teams and get on the bandwagon when it's time to get on the bandwagon. They're so good at that. Um, <laughs> It's kind of a hate. That was kind of a shot. <laughs> Cubs fans, Blackhawk fans. No, but that was honestly when they were in their heyday. I think they won three Stanley Cups in five years. Is that about what it is? Yep. Sounds right. Unbelievable. With that goal song, so good. Other than the year that they beat us in the conference finals, that was that hurt so much. We had a, we had a. Never mind. I'm not gonna get into it. <laughs> one of the worst. One of the worst times of my life. I was at an, on vacation. They ruined my vacation, to say the least. <laughs> um, 
Hmm. But th- that's why we chose the song, and I don't know where we're going from here, but that was for Eric. But we're going to jump over to Ed. Appreciate it. Ed Norton. So from he is the bearded Ed. Bearded Ed. Yep. Bearded underscore Ed on Instagram. But but you got to spell beer, beard with two E's. Oh, I never caught that. Yeah, so I, it's bearded, you know, oh, beer. Oh, very nice. So, so tell us a little about yourself, bearded Ed. All right, I'm Edwin Norton. I was born and raised in West Michigan. Um, so this is like a little homecoming for me, coming back to the west side because it's the best side. Welcome back. Thank you. I Appreciate it. Um, I currently live in Metro Detroit, but that's about all I'll tell you about that. <laughs> uh, I currently work for uh, Better on Draft Media, LLC. I'm a digital creator and blogger, and I'm also the editor for the website as well. And then I dabble going on the podcast. It's mostly a podcast. It was started in October of 2015. Right. So it's been going on. It's going to celebrate five years this year. Um, it's in the 200th episodes, I think two twenties, two thirty, no, two, two twenties. Congrats. Um, thanks. Thanks. Not, not my creation. I, I, uh, I'm celebrating two years in uh, September. So it's been kind of jumping on and, and, uh, really taking off. Um, I found the, found the job on Facebook, just scrolling through, taking a dump scrolling through facebook you know <laughs> yeah, and you know. uh just i was like oh look at this this looks cool i like beer so uh decided to uh apply and show them some of my writing and stuff like that and it's really personal i mean <laughs> hey man you know like often it's often like, like your line, man your best like well no you like your best like discoveries sometimes or when you're Got a little moment yeah, to yourself. I, you know, <laughs> I will agree with that. Absolutely. All right. All right. So there you go. You <laughs> I've like, written some great songs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> songs or, you know. <laughs> uh, now we know. <laughs> no, but so you said you showed them some of your writing. So is that what you went to school for? Did you go to school? Yeah, for yeah. I went to Michigan State for English and stuff like that. Okay. So I was kind of doing some Englishy stuff and okay. decided to uh, showcase my writing through writing about beer. So. Yeah, so 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 far, so you're you're about to come on two years. Yeah, said, two years. Here in September. Yep. Uh, what do you so far? I mean, two years is is a long time. But at the same time, not too long. But so far, what is your favorite part about being a blogger or yeah. everything that you do for for better on draft? Sure. So probably the, my favorite stuff is just drinking beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> drinking beer. You don't and then, say. And then writing about it. So the free beer is always nice. You know, when you get complimentary beer, whether it's we're on a podcast and a guest brings on their beer. And then you drink it and talk about it and stuff like that. Okay. Or as you're going through a tour or, you know, meeting different people in the industry and they like, Hey, try this beer. And you're like, dope, you know, let's try some beer. Like we're doing today with Eric and Stan delicious. You know, he brought up the six pack and we're just sipping on it. Just so sipping on it. You know, so yeah. it's a little perk. Yeah. You know? so. Oh, I hear you there. I mean, every time we come here, it's like, it's like Christmas. I'm like, Hey, we're going to get treated pretty well. We're gonna, we right. got, we right. got a choice of beers. So sure. um, you, you go, damn you go well place do. to place and they're like, Hey, bearded Ed's here. We got to get this guy. <laughs> Get them the good stuff, right? Is that pretty much how it goes? Or? You know, it's it's sometimes I like to do, you know not announce my my arrival. So sometimes I'll do them blind as well, so that oh, way yeah. I, I get the true experience from the brewery mm-hmm. rather than oh, bearded heads here, yeah. got to roll out the red carpet. That was one thing I, mean? I noticed on, on like the very bottom of your blogs. It, it almost says says like all right, Curtis. The beer was courtesy of yeah yeah. yeah. So, so is that something you guys like to do to? in case you bought it like you can say that you bought it or if somebody provided it to you that was a that was a recent thing i think i i read somewhere on social media it said like uh irs or something is was busting people or something about not disclosing if if the beer was given to you or if you purchased it okay and so just kind of making sure that you're transparent about who's buying the beer and who's really 
you know, you know, if Eric were to give me some beer, I will disclose that and say special shout out to Eric from the hops for providing me with this beer. That way people know and can kind of have a better idea of, of not saying he's the puppet master or anything, but just saying, you know, that, that there's maybe some influence or not. All right. So if I hmm. buy you a crawler downstairs of state of my PA and you, <laughs> you write about it, like you'll give us the, yeah, credit, I'll right? give you a little credit on the bottom there. <laughs> yes. All right. Win. That is a win. I'm, I'm happy. That's exactly what we were going for. No. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week. If not sooner. <laughs> Obviously I'm kidding here, but, um, so obviously you have great perks, but I mean, so do you have a certain preference of beer? So I'm sure people, so let's say Eric, for instance, he loves brewing his lagers and mm-hmm. the hops is a specialty in lagers, but right. say you like IPAs, I mean, do you kind of grade those against each other or is it just kind of just spur the moment what you like, what, you, what you're tasting in the moment that, that you kind of give it, you guys do a 10 star grade? We do 10 stars on better on draft. Yeah, so like yeah. how do you compare a lager or let's say a KBS, like something that's way different than an IPA. Sure. It's just kind of, and I'm sure you kind of focused on like the style and you can kind of, yeah. kind of compare style to style. I would say, you know, with the, I don't, com, you know, compare style to style per se. You know, I'm not going to say because I hate a lager, I'm going to rate it lower or whatnot. Um, but I guess it's more of like, does the beer live up to its hype or live up to what is being said? We were talking about earlier on the can or on the bottle or on the description. So is it matching what the brewer or the owner or whomever is writing that out? Does it match that? And how well does it do it? All right. So that's kind of where I, I assess that. And then so. in the post or whatever, I'll comment on that. Try to spin it as positive as possible. I don't want to shit on anyone, sure. but at the same time, make sure that you know it's it's. And my taste buds are different than all your taste buds too. Sure. So I just try to paint the best picture I can using what they're just describing with what I'm yeah, tasting. I, I consider what's on the can my script, basically sure. when, I'm, yeah. when I'm trying to explain the beer <laughs> on the podcast. But. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask a question: How often do you purchase a beer? off of the can like ju- just like when you visual go aspect of yeah it? yeah just from a visual aspect when you go into a store you go that's attractive i'm gonna purchase that i'm gonna try it how often does that happen for you i'd say four out of five times yeah yeah i'd say most of the time i mean if you have a shitty looking can i'm not gonna buy it yeah um or names too names too often okay. uh can go a long way as well especially if you can't pronounce it you're like yeah I don't know if I want to talk about that on a podcast or try to spill sure. it out on a blog. You know what I mean? So, but oftentimes maybe you'll, uh, sometimes I, I just had one from Jolly Pumpkin. I cannot pronounce it for the life of me, but it was actually pretty damn good. Okay. So, um, Hirokin, Hirokin, I don't know. It's like hmm. H-Y-R-R-O-K-I-N. Oh, yeah. I don't know why that yeah. just reminded me of the Office episode Moroccan Christmas, but it did. Like, <laughs> I was just, I was, Hey, can't, you can't go wrong with The Office. So. <laughs> it's like the second That's or third awesome. time you brought it up. I too. don't know. It's on my, I went to sleep watching it last night. So I think it goes a long way, though. I think, you know, we were. I was just talking to Arab. I like his cans here with Stan Delicious. Yes. Um, so really I, think it's, I think it's, you know, cool. It's got different colors. The black, though, looks kind of cool. The writing. I think it's an attractive can. Nice. So, yeah. Thanks, dude. I designed it myself. Hot damn. Just kidding. No, I did not. No, oh. no you didn't. I was, I was actually going to jump on and be like, you did? So yeah. like, Tell us way. about that. How did you do that? Incredible. Incredible. So, Ed, did, do you have a favorite beer then? Because you just got done saying that your beer, you know, like you don't grade it necessarily based on 
how much you like it, but also, you know, you're comparing it against the can or the description or the, the intention of the beer. Yeah. But do you have a favorite beer that's, that's just your kind of go-to? Two-hearted. That was quick. Yeah. Wow. That was really quick. I was quick. really surprised by that one. Two-hearted. Top of the line. So what did you think about the experiment of the the <laughs> lighthearted and sure. the double-hearted? Like So double two-hearted, I actually did rate on Better on Draft. That is one of my posts and that's the lowest score I ever gave. Is it? Whoa. Seriously. And you, you gotta, yeah, yeah, let's not hate on it. <laughs> so I gave well, it a six terrible. I yeah. gave it a six out of ten. Um, which that's that's the lowest. Because I if it's if it's below a six, I'm not gonna bother writing about it. Really? We okay. try to write and tell the positive stories and not like I said, shit on things. Um, it's not the space, it's not the it's not good in the industry to do that. Um, so we try to be as positive as possible. So I, I felt with double two hearted though, it, it was its own beast. Like you have two hearted, you have the floral, you have the hops, you know, all that stuff. I felt like two hearted was, and if I'm, or double two hearted, if you think of like double two hearted, I'm expecting that four hearts, right, 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 right. <laughs> I'm expecting, well, I'm expecting some of those, some of those, the characters of a two hearted to show up in the, in the double two hearted. And I didn't. So it almost seems really? like they, they kind of changed the recipe to make it a double. Right, a to make it a, a double IPA, yes. Yeah. So yeah. I was just like, oh, I kind of think they missed it here. Right. So that's why I gave it a 6 out of 10. It's disappointing. But Lighthearted, though. You like that one? I really? love Lighthearted, yeah. I think that's that's one of my go-tos this summer. Yeah. Is it's, it's light, it's sessionable. It still has some of that floral, um, two-hearted elements in it, which yeah. I really like. I was like, oh, this is good. Compound a few of these and be yeah, good. You know? sure. So is IPA your favorite style, or do you have a, a typical I, style that you kind of lean towards? Yeah, I, I think I, I think I told you that Gosas and uh, Sours. I'm working myself up yeah. to, but otherwise everything else is pretty much fair game. Yeah. Can I uh, can I be honest about the sour thing? So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hate sours generally, but then Eric, you, you'll probably tell me what the name was, and I can't remember what it was. Whether you had a sour, was it a sour IPA? That you guys had? We that, did a sour IPA called Tangerine Fuzz. Yeah. Yes, was, I love Tangerine Fuzz. It was Fuzz. an unbelievable beer. Which is like, so good. Which is like our fifth highest rated untapped beer. That, it was uh, so good. It is such a weird beer, and you never really see that style. I mean, people are expecting, uh, you know, you hear IPA, you're expecting a, a ton uh, of hops and bitterness going on. Uh, and from a process standpoint... Uh, we kettle soured our, we use a bacteria called lactobacillus, um, from Omega yeast labs, shout out Omega yeast labs. <laughs> uh, but, um, so we kettle soured it to, a, um, a relatively low pH to get that acidity. Now lactobacillus is inhibited by, um, anything over five IBUs, which blows your mind when you think of an IPA and you're like, wait, it's. It needs to be over five inter- international bitterness units. It has to be bitter, right? So we kettle soured that one, boiled it up to kill the lactobacillus, but in the boil added ma- copious amounts of hops so that the residual um, uh, acidity still remained, but the wort was then bittered. And okay. then we threw a ton of um, fruit at it and other no, stuff. No, that one was so delicious. That was Science. Like rules. First sip, it it taught it threw me off. I was like, whoa, I'm not sure I'm gonna finish. And then all of a sudden, I was I was looking for more, 
and more. I don't right. know if I've graded on the podcast. No, I think that, I think is, we all did. Did we all grade that one? Yeah, that is my wife's favorite beer. We get asked about it. We still get asked about it constantly. And is the it? idea was to do a fuzz series. Ooh. So we did tangerine. I want to do a blackberry or a blueberry, <laughs> and then even incorporate nice. some herbs on it. I'm yeah. So what is the fuzz in the name? Like, what is that? What is that talking about? Exactly. Um, we, so, or is that just with, the kind of something that you guys came up with as a, like a marketing scheme? Yeah, in a way. I mean, I thought of like tangerine skins or peach okay. skins, you know, just like something oh, yeah, the, soft like the, and okay, yeah, fuzzy, fuzzy and cutesy, but still uh, a weird beer. So, you know, to make somebody's wife become their favorite beer. Right. And we get asked <laughs> yeah, about it all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This, this seriously was like the beer that none of us could really even figure out. We were all like, yeah. I, I thought I didn't like it at all, but it, actually I love it and I'm going to go get some more. Like that was, I don't know, it was there so was, weird. So Ed, you, you yeah. said you had it. Like what, I had it and I rated it and I reviewed it. You did review it. That's right. Okay. Yeah, Do you yeah. remember yeah. what stars he gave by any chance? I just looked it up. It was you 9 did. out of 10. 9 out of 10. Wee. Wow. That, that's, a, that's a good score right there. That's a good score so nice yeah i thought i thought thought it was good you know had the now eric if i'm wrong i'm wrong but i had the nipa elements to it that's right had the double dry hopped elements to it that's right and i had the sour elements Mm -hmm. so So can you can you actually taste that when you first sip on it yeah yeah unbelievable that's 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 the kind of stuff that we gotta learn well we have to learn that stuff that is amazing to me like (laughs) And honestly, I just read the can. I'm like, all right, that's what it's telling me it is. That's what it is, right? Well, Ed's kind of a unique figure that way too, where his palate is so rounded. And I mean, he's great. He's great. He's in the the perfect industry for it. So. Very yeah, cool. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Eric. So, I Ed, that. so you you grade beer or you you review beers? I, I, I'm sorry. I, we uh, we grade. You grade. You I review. review. Yeah. I think that's that's really good. We also review like events. Yep. And all that stuff. Do you have like favorite national event that, that your jobs brought you to, or maybe you even went to just as more of a fan or spectator, if you will? So nationally, um, we we tried to do a little bit of a Midwest push last year and into this year before COVID, um, trying to go to some different um, different festivals in different states. And probably my all time favorite one was thank you was um, the uh, Great Taste of the Midwest in Madison, Wisconsin. All right. And so you had. It was literally all sorts of breweries from the Midwest, and it was um, it was awesome. And the cool thing about um, this, I also experienced this in Indiana too. Have you guys been to any beer fests here in Michigan besides, I went, Eric? besides Eric? I went to the one at Fifth Third one time, I believe. That actually oh, might have, winter beer fest. I believe so. I okay. might it might have been a different event. I have okay. no clue. Cause I was, have you guys been to one? Uh, I don't know if it's a little touristy, but the wine, beer, and food fest down at DeVos. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of generic, you know. Yeah, yeah. I haven't. Okay, so <laughs> so my, my whole point with this is, and the reason why I really like Great Taste of the Midwest is in Michigan, when you go to a beer festival now, the law says you have to have tokens, right? Okay. You get you get 15 tokens when you when you walk in with your little taster cup. Right. And if you want to buy more after you run out or at the beginning or whatever, you can. You can purchase them at a special tent. But a great taste of the Midwest, it's unlimited. There's no That tokens. sounds amazing. So, it's wow. in Wisconsin, so that's away from the family. Uh, hey, that's a, that's <laughs> a good <laughs> spot, Sam. Is that, is that open still? Like, is that, is that it it got canceled this year because okay. of COVID. Oh, um, so and the one, in, the one in Indiana as well, um, uh, Brewers Guild of Indiana, they are also unlimited. 
So okay. that's just their state law, their state rules. So they don't have to have tokens or tickets. Um, so, but you're able to kind of go a little, approach it a little bit differently. You know yeah, what I mean? You're not, sure. you're not thinking about each token and where it's got to go or multiple tokens. Yeah. You're thinking about shit. Let's go get that one. Yeah. You know? <laughs> let's get whatever sounds yeah. good. So, Shortest line. <laughs> and they also, they also had breweries from all over the Midwest. Like I said, Iowa, Minnesota, Michigan, um, you know, all sorts. So it was cool to kind of see where, what all the beer scenes were all over the Midwest. Sounds like a lot so of fun. Do, you re- do you review beers outside of Michigan? Yeah. You do? Okay. Yeah, so I've done a few. Is there a difference between, let's say, Wisconsin beer, Chicago beer, like all, like Ohio? I, I have no idea. Like all the different breweries. Like like, like a style? Is yeah. that what you're asking? I mean, yeah. Maybe like, I mean, can you tell a difference? I mean, I mean, Eric, I, I know I was listening to a podcast you were on earlier and you were talking, they were talking about like the water chemistry that, that kind of you guys bring in. Yeah. Here at the hops, and you like <laughs> talk oh, about I, it. I can spend all night talking about water chemistry. We uh, have time. We have do you beer. Guys do, do you guys so, do water chemistry here? Yeah, we. Okay. So we run through a three-stage filter here. We pull out sediment, chloramine, and uh, chlorine, and then rebuild our water to mimic different styles. Um, we focus mainly on altering our water for lagering. We ad- adhere to what's called the uh, Rhein-Heiske boat. Uh, which essentially is the German purity law, meaning that we can only use malt, hops, water, and yeast. Um, so when it comes to altering our beer in any way, shape, or form, um, the only way we can do that is with our water. So like we we make all of our lagers true to style. So when we do like a Munich Helles, uh, for example, that's what I'm drinking right now. Yeah, I like that. Um, we mimic our Grand Rapids water source to be exactly what Munich is drinking out of their taps, what they're doing to brew that style of beer, everything that they're using with the additions of a couple of different things. We can use calcium chloride, calcium chlorides, calcium sulfates. We throw some magnesium treatments in there as well. Um, We even go as far as using to adhere to Brian Heiskeboat instead of where a lot of brewers would use lactic acid to just pH. We don't even do that. We use um, a malt called acidulated malt, sour malts, that is grown out in Hamburg, Germany, or kilned out in Hamburg, Germany, and we use that to manipulate our pH for the optimal uh, conversion of our grain. So, yeah, uh, we nerd (laughs) out about that stuff, and which is why I think, you know, we do some of the truest lagers and, and probably... West Michigan in general. And there are some breweries that do a really good job of doing water chemistry like Mm -hmm. Eric does. And they'll tell you, they'll spend all day on it with you. And there's some breweries that don't. And I mean, it's just, it's just whatever your approach is. Maybe your water is really, really good. And you're like, I don't have to mess with it. I can make what I want to make type of thing. But there are some brewers, a lot of, I mean, Eric's young, but a lot of the old school brewers will play with the water a little bit more than the, the young, younger guys. Yeah, so. you know, I, I kind of go back. So we on, on my thirtieth birthday, we did we did a tour of uh, founders. Mm-hmm. We did like their their whole brewery tour, and mm-hmm. they, they brought that up and how they were focused on being on one side rather than the other of, of the water source in in Grand Rapids. And I thought that I was like at that point, I, I didn't think anything of it. it was okay, whatever. It was just a preference, but it probably had something to do with the chemistry that they, that they use as well. Is that is that fair to say? I think uh, most. Uh, major breweries, especially of founders, um, they'll they'll tell you all day that they don't alter water, but realistically they do. Whether yeah. it be even pH man, manipula, uh, manipulation, that is still altering their water. Right. Um, because I mean, we are spoiled in Michigan and even back uh, in Chicago. Um, 
we we're spoiled to have uh, Lake Michigan water. It's just, it's optimal water for brewing, but you go anywhere else in the country. Uh, I mean, and take like Montana, for example, uh, they don't have that fresh water source like that, like we do. And, um, yeah, most of those breweries are, um, manipulating in some form or another. Okay. So, uh, going back to Ed here. So we asked you your favorite, like national event that you've been to. Yeah. Is there a local one that I think more of our listeners would be like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to hit that next time it's, it's available. Is, is there one that stands out to you that you've, you've been to that you, so really the Michigan, like? Michigan brewers guilds festivals are all, all pretty good. You know, no matter if they're, uh, there's one in Grand Rapids, the winter beer fest, there's the summer beer fest in Ypsilanti, there's the Fall Beer Fest in, well, there's the UP Fall Beer Fest up in Marquette, and then there's the Fall Beer Fest in Detroit. And then they were going to add this year, but it got canceled in May up in Traverse City, the Spring Beer Fest. All right. And any of those, I would say, is good. It's good for entry-level people. It's good for the enthusiasts. It's good for the diehards like Eric and I. Like, no matter who, what your level of drinking beer is, you're going to yeah. have a good time at those. It's good for the mom that just dropped her kids off at the grandparents that is just looking to oh, go yeah. have a good time with her husband. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. All right, okay. um, the other one too, I would say <laughs> in uh, Muskegon is Burning Foot. Oh, I've never heard of that. Burning Foot also got canceled this year because of COVID, and they're trying to do some online work with it, trying to figure that out still. Um, but Burning Foot is a blast. All right, so so before we kind of move forward here, so I am curious. You're the, you're bearded Ed here. How how many mug club memberships do you have? Three. Three. Can you tell us where? Or are you just yeah, yeah. I have, that? I have uh, one at Elson. I All have right. one in East Lansing. I have one at Draft Horse over in Lyon Township, New Hudson area. And I have one at Aberrant Ales All right. in Howell. We, we've done a couple Ellison. I, I really like their beer. Yeah. And I actually listen, I listen to 97 The Tick a lot. Yeah, yeah. And they're sponsored by Ellison. They, they actually partnered. have their, their uh, uh Two, two they different have two beers. beers right? yep. Yeah. What, do you know the names of them off the top of your head? They got a, I can't uh, remember. a lighter one, and then they have an IPA. Yeah, right. So, yeah. yeah, there's two. So. I'm a big sports guy, so that's where my brain went. <laughs> I was like, Ellison, I know that. <laughs> that, was, that, that was their cool, their yeah. cool uh, uh, kind of news that they had this past year was that they right. partnered. Um, they were planning on doing a lot of stuff with opening day, I know. Um, I don't know if that – obviously, it didn't pan out because opening sure. day didn't happen. But I know that 97 t- – one, the ticket does a lot with opening yeah. day and yeah. Ellison was like, let's, you know, announce and do our stuff for, for that. So. Yeah. So that, that is fairly new within the last, yeah, within last the couple last months, couple months. Yeah. That's, right. that's brand new stuff coming out of Ellison. So. All right. So what was your first mug club membership that you remember? So was it a, was it recent or did you have this through college and that you No, Ellison wasn't at Michigan state when I was in at Michigan state. Okay. So right. I kind of was a little sour about that. Yeah. Um, but my first one was at draft horse. Okay, so. I don't know if I've ever had a draft horse. Where, where do they can and stuff? They don't. They don't. No? It's okay, all so, pretty so that would small, be one pretty in house. Yeah, you right. kind of got to go there. That's one thing that I got to re- that I would like our podcast to do a little bit more is, is hit the the breweries that that aren't canning. Right. So obviously, we hit the hops all the time, but um, you know, go fill up a crawler and and get or a growler, whatever it is, and and kind of. So hit, a good, hit those type a, of ones there. A good place you can start. I know the Guild has a map too, but that only covers Guild breweries. Okay. Um, if you go to betterondraft.com slash beer map, um, we have a extensive list of all the breweries in Michigan, um, and you can go on there. It's a Google. Sometimes if you have an Android phone, it will overlay onto your Google Maps. Okay. Um, so it will always be on there type of thing when oh, you're kind really of looking cool. around. So it's, it's a cool thing, and it will tell you if it's open, it's coming up, or if it's closed. 
Um, hours kind of vary because we don't we just post the you know yeah. little pin or whatever. Especially in this time, of day. <laughs> right, right. You so they, we always encourage people to to contact and make sure that they're open or check their Facebook or whatever. But um, we have that going on online on our website, so that's yeah, so, a good resource. So do you have a favorite beer at Draft Horse? Oh, that's uh, I just reviewed. I mean, it's a tough question. It's a tough one, right? It is tough, yeah. So I I, the one that I really, really like that they just came out with, and they actually just did a second batch of it. It was a white cherry stout. Have you, have you guys ex- dabbled with the white the white stouts yet? Yes. Have you have you I made have. one here? I've not brewed one, uh, but I know Eastern Market does ah, a fantastic. Yes, one. the white coffee stout yeah, from Eastern and it's Market. It's incredible. I love those dudes. Shout out to uh, Dane over there and Alex and all those guys. All those guys. But I was gonna say the white cherry stout was a white stout with uh, I don't the, you know West Michigan here Big B Coffee. Mm-hmm. They oh, yeah. use the uh. the cherry coffee. They they partnered with a local Big B. And they kind of did a collab. So they're like, use the beans and then went through the brewing process with the white stout and they made a white cherry. How do you feel about coffee beer? Like the. I love it. I love yeah, it I, I'm a big fan as well. I think they do so dang good. <laughs> I'm a big fan of those ones. Did you guys get a chance to try the uh, Finca? Did you? Oh, yeah. Finca did. Oh, yeah. Delicious. I really Huge like that fan. Beer. Okay. Very, very yeah. good beer. I'd, I want to bring that back, but yeah, it's, it's not a summertime. Yeah, it's, it's more not, of a, a wintertime type thing. Yeah, right? for sure. Yeah. I would drink it in the summertime. <laughs> I would too. That's yeah. the thing. I, <laughs> yeah. I absolutely love that. Hey, beer. Ryan, what are you drinking? Oh, I'm just drinking coffee. Yeah. Why are you yeah, drinking yeah. coffee? Like, <laughs> Don't ask. <laughs> drinking coffee at 8 a.m. Uh, PBR yeah, does a hard, a hard coffee. They have do. you tried that? I no, what? I haven't. I saw mm-hmm. it on the on the shelf, though. Incredible. It, is it It good? tastes like a Nesquik, like oh, chocolate. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, I got Incredible. I got to jump into that. That would be the first time I bought a PBR in 20 years almost. <laughs> that was the, uh, that was the Winter Beer Fest uh, drink years. of choice for that was. the Hops and Harmony. I remember that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's What'd you wake up with? Yeah. So... So I feel like some of us stoop to a, a low sometimes, and we have like a, a generic domestic beer. What's what's kind of your guys' generic domestic beer? Your go-to Miller Lite. Miller Lite, yeah. Mm-hmm. Why, got, do you, why do you like it, Miller? I got Miller? an uncle who's into it, so like growing up and stuff, he'd always be like, "Here's a Miller Lite." Yeah. So it's kind of like did, nostalgic, you did, know what I mean? That makes sense. Did I, so. did I stoop too low saying stooping low? No. I mean, if okay, it's a good beer, if it's a good beer and you like yeah. it, who cares? So they're, they're in Wisconsin, right? Yeah. Is it better like when you go to their facility? Has, has anybody been to their facility and, and actually tried it fresh off the draft? I've I would been, like to I'd try it. That sounds good, though. If it tastes better. I've only been to PBR and... Uh, yeah, it was great. Actually, I've been to Anaheim Bush too, and it was the best Budweiser I've ever had. Was it? Yeah, I think it was served at like 32 degrees. Like, the ideal like temp. So it wasn't cold. because it took a 40-minute tour just to get the taste of it. It was because yeah, yeah, yeah. it was actually good. No, I think it was because it was free. Yeah. It. Those always taste it. the yeah. best, definitely, definitely. It was super good, though. So I, I have a question. We've, we've been bringing up all these different locations, and you're bringing up like water quality. We're kind of blessed here in Michigan for – water if you had the opportunity to go anywhere in the world and just sample all their beers in that region i'm talking like you know wisconsin new england germany uh what's the country next to belgium you know famous you know areas is there a specific area that number one have you been to and sampled these like at their places or I guess the second part of that would be like, where would your ideal place be? If you were to take a trip anywhere, where would you end up going? Um, I have not been there, but I would say Pacific Northwest. 
I've heard there's so much hype about the Pacific Northwest that I would go and check out like Washington, Oregon, Northern California, mm-hmm. not Montana, but you know, just, just that area. Cause there's so much, cause they're, they're in the same geography. They're in the same parallel that we are. Okay. Yeah. You know, so they kind of got, they get more rain, but um, you know, what, what's, what's going on over there. Okay. So I, I definitely right. want to go yeah. check that out. And all of those sexy hops that you, that everyone loves are grown out of that region. Right. Are they right. really? Yeah. yeah. So, so you, they got to be taste even better. Then. Well, yeah, that's is the that thing. Fair? Imagine, I mean, it's just travel time as well. It's kind of like know? the grapes, right? Exactly. It, it, does the it kind of fall in that everything. same line? Do hops fall in the same line of grapes? Absolutely. That, like the the wine snobs would, would absolutely say, the, cli- hey, the climate is this. Hey, come on, man. Climate, I mean, climate, climate plays a huge difference. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Your your soil, your your everything, uh, everything plays a huge difference. Does just like grapes? Does the hops have hops imported from? Pacific Northwest? Yeah, so Mosaic and Standalicious is all from the Pacific Northwest. Oh, nice. Um, Very that, nice. That helps so much just to like get an idea of like where these are coming from. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. I don't know. For me, it does, yeah. Yeah. I just I figured you just grew them out back. Like, yeah. <laughs> you just put them under your pillow, they show up. Hey, we got these ops today. Like, I, I have no idea. I yeah, didn't even think about it. It's absolutely a blessing to be in an agricultural state like Michigan. Um, I'm coming from Illinois and Chicago specifically, hop farms are so far and few in between mm. where we use a lot of hops that are grown, you know, 15 miles from here that are hand delivered by our farmers. It's you know, it's, yeah. it's, it, it makes the whole experience. Awesome. And, and as a brewer, it just, it's so much fun you oh, know, to play with things. We, I mean, we get gifted hops all the time. Yeah. Experimental hops that nobody else in the world are using. Yeah, it's got to be really cool, right? Yeah, just, it's just craziness. Yeah. And, you know, I love it. Do you think it's Michigan's awesome. kind of an underrated? Like, I, I know we're Beer City here in, in Grand Rapids, and, and we, we claim we're this, we claim we're that. But, like, do, do other people look at Michigan and be like, man, they got a good thing going there? Or is it more just like, this is what we know, so we're going to say we're really good at it. I mean, I, uh, speaking from an outside perspective, um, born and raised in the south side of Chicago, have had only visited Michigan maybe twice prior to taking this job. Um, Michigan is, in my eyes, and in the beer scene where I was in Chicago, has, has always been close-knit brewers. The entire scene out there, it's a, it's a, it's a small, it's a little big city. Uh, that's kind of what we always thought. And we, uh, all the brewers that I knew out in Chicago would go on, va- on vacation to Michigan to drink beers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, honestly, I think it's just a, it's a hub for fantastic beer. Um, easy to travel. It's not a major city like a Chicago, like a New York. Yeah. And the beer speaks for itself. Nice. So, so Ed, before we turn the page over to, actually, we got we got more questions. I don't know why I'm, I'm <laughs> pretending I'm turning a page here. Do, do you want but, me to ask one? Yeah, go what, for what it. You, just, you had a really good I, question there. Yeah. Well, I just I could read the next one, I guess. Uh, best kept secret brewery that not many people have heard of. Do you guys have uh, in Grand or in Michigan? Is the way. Oh yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. Best kept secret. So that means like not a lot of people. Yeah. Know about it, type of thing. Yeah. Other than the hops, I was gonna say that, like the hops. The hops kind of fits that mold. I feel like. I mean, we're. I mean, we're. Not, I don't think in this area it does anymore. People know about the hops at this point. I yeah. run into people all the time, and they're all about like you know they they know about the hops beer. Yeah, but I mean, outside know, of, of West Michigan, I was gonna say outside like, people, of West Michigan, it's, it's a best kept secret. I yeah, would say. I, I would agree with that. Like if you go to Metro Detroit, 
you know, and you mentioned the hops, it's like, what's that? So yeah. unless you're in the know and you know, so I guess that would be the, the one thing I'm trying to think. Yeah, it's a of, tough question. I think it's a tough question. That's, it is. It's, I think it's regional. I like think it really depends. Like if you're in Metro you're Detroit, yeah. you're going to know all your breweries over there. Maybe you're going to find one in Grand Rapids. And if you're from Grand Rapids and you go over to Metro Detroit and you don't know, you're going to find one over there. So yeah, that makes I, sense. I feel like it's, you know, regional. Like Traverse City, even or the UP, they have really good breweries up there. Absolutely, I so. think Silver Spruce does some of the best lagers that I've had in Michigan. Um, Scott and his wife are killing it out there, but again, not a right huge name. Right, uh, you you think Traverse City, you know, automatically right brain and right uh, North Peak, North Peak. Silver, yeah. Silver yeah. Spruce is. Which one's got, in the old train station up there? That's a filling station. I'm a big fan of that place. They have the best. They have some some mozzarella sticks. Just blow my mind. They the got one, like, the one uh, that's really good too in Traverse City is Middle Coast. You guys familiar with Middle I've Coast? I've never had at that all? one. No. Yeah. So Middle Coast actually just rebranded Monkey last Fist, year, right? Monkey Fist. Oh, yeah. they yeah. changed their name then. Yeah, they changed their name. Yeah. Really? Yep. Interesting. Yep. Do they can and they distribute? Do. Yep. Yeah. They they can and distribute, and they're they have a seltzer line, and they're they're doing some good stuff. They do uh, George Washington's Little White Lie. It's a cherry. Yeah, obviously from Traverse City, yeah, you gotta you got to yeah. have a cherry. Well, I mean, cherry. Be- I mean, let's be honest. Cherry Boston Lager or, or uh, Samuel Adams Cherry Wheat. Cherry Wheat in the in the middle of wintertime. Mm. One of the best beers. Put a little the syrup in there inside the beer, and then throw a couple cherry Marcino cherries. It's, it's one of my. Is that the right word? Marcino? Marcino? Maraschino? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Cherries. Just throw cherries. <laughs> <in> usually, <laughs> Ryan, <laughs> usually, usually Ryan's the one that corrects me on my grammar, but he, he tells me the wrong thing, so I say it the wrong way again. I appreciate you telling me the right way. I, I hope you didn't. I, I hope I'm right. That's, it's, that's it, all I got to say. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's Macherry. Yeah. So, all right. So, I personally here, obviously we're in West Michigan, I think of Founders as kind of the, the big dog, if you will, for the micro brews do they still fall in that line I, i'm not positive i feel like they play that they play that line pretty well but i, I look at them as like the the big dog measuring stick it, it, that that's fair in this area at least because i know personally when we have customers coming off site like you know i'm talking my job here we bring them to uh, founders because that's I guess what people do. It's the touristy yeah. it's just, thing. It's, well, that's yeah. what everyone knows. But, everyone yeah. knows founders. Yeah. Like, where you go. And that's what a, they want to do. Yeah. Yeah. So let's say there's more of a, a kickstart. Let's say a, a hops Eric or it's not Eric. Uh, Ed, this this one's questions for you. I'm, I'm gonna have Eric give his answer as well. But sure. I'm just I'm just curious to like what what brewery would you consider the measuring stick for a startup? Sure. I would say Old Nation would be the the measuring stick, if you will, because they started out really small. They started out with traditional beers um, that really not a lot of people were all that hype about. You could walk into Old Nation. Have you guys been to Old Nation in Williamston? I've, I've never been to it, but I Have love been there. M43. Yeah, we drink a lot so, of their M43, beer. M43, and right. honestly, their brute. I was a big fan of their brew. Oh, Whatever it was. B43? Yeah, yeah, that was unbelievable. So so you could walk into Old Nation back when they were just starting out at any time of day and sit wherever you wanted. Like, like, and that's often, you know, with these newer breweries, you can walk in, sit wherever you want. You know, it's not hopping yet. Right. Pun intended. Ew. Anyway, <laughs> but, but, but they were kind of figuring out like, what are we going to do? These traditional beers, they're hit or miss, you know, all this sort of thing. And then, you know, through a Facebook group and through kind of some input, they threw together M43. And as you know, 
it hit. Yeah, it changed yeah. everything. It changed the game in both the Michigan beer scene and for Old Nation. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's what, and Eric, you know, you, you know better than me as an employee of a brewery, you know, what the goals are, what, what we, you want to achieve. But I think looking at Old Nation and seeing the success that they've hit is, is maybe what someone would want to achieve, of course. Yeah. you know, with, with your, their contract brewing out of Detroit, they're doing, you know, all these spinoffs of all these new England IPAs. And now they're going back to those traditional beers and people are drinking them up. The ones that originally failed. They're their original. Right? Well, I wouldn't say failed. failed I would just yeah. say it didn't hit what people were looking yeah. for. Well, they, they, they package, the, sorry, they package a Hellas, they package right. a Pills, they package a Vienna Lager. That was so, all on their original board yeah. as well. But you, now people are giving them a shot right. because yeah. of m Because they know the... The brand works. The brand, the brand yeah. is good. And their and, labels are good. And then they have that Woodshed series too. Yep. So mm-hmm. is that kind of going back to what they originally were, were trying to you know, focus on? The or wood- is that more of just like a... Spinoff almost. Yeah, the woodshed's more of like you know I don't know you you have the brother who's in the the wood making industry, mm-hmm. but the woodshed's more of like trying something out. Yeah, testing it out, seeing how it works. So it's not necessarily going back to those traditional brews. It's hey, let's try this out. It's like a trial so, series. So is the woodshed yeah. actually like they're letting it sit on wood? Is that what is? No. It? Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought I was. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> it's more of just like their experimental series, mm-hmm. right? Gotcha. It's their okay. Like one off right. series. Take it out to the woodshed. Yeah, check, gotcha. check it out. Oh, yeah, try yeah, something. Right. You know, yeah, trying it out. That so, makes sense. All right. you know, hashing it out. So yeah. that's kind of what they're what they're going for with the woodshed series. Yeah. So Eric, is there one that that obviously the hops is, is I would I think it's safe to say up and coming in in West Michigan. I think you guys are about to explode the way Standale's growing, the way Grand Grand Valley's gonna bounce back after the, everything going on. Like, I mean, it's all. It, it's coming from both directions, right. and it's meeting in Standale. You guys are up and coming is the way I like to look. Is, is there a brewery? Let's focus more on West Michigan. Yeah, of course. Um, that you guys are like, all right, we want to become the next this. And I, don't, I know you guys are kind of all buddy-buddy, which is awesome, and I love mm-hmm. that. But it's mm-hmm. like, is there one that you look at? It's like, hey, if we can get to that level, that's, that is our goal here at the Hops. Yeah, I mean, um, so if we focus on West Michigan um, – I think the mittens uh, kind of platform and model has really worked for them. Uh, since the law change where you can ha- have multiple locations, but you still have to brew on premise at every location, uh, has made it hard for a lot of small breweries like us um, to expand out. Uh, Mitten kind of got in right before the door closed. So they have a Saugatuck location. They have a Northport location. They don't brew on premise there because they got grandfathered in, but they still maintain all of those uh, locations with beer solely out of uh, their location on Leonard and production. I was going to say they have their production across the street. That's right. So, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it's not all <laughs> right, right, right. one spot. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, but they're brewing only on a 20 barrel system, you know, um, hmm. but they're still canning. Um, they're, they're in distro. They're they're in distro, and they're maintaining multiple locations. Those I love those boys dearly, and they bust their ass. And uh, I think that's a, a fantastic model to follow. And plus, they they just uh, they always give back to the community. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, cool. during um, when COVID first hit, and uh, you know, school system, you know, everyone was closed. They were providing hot lunch and pizzas for uh, students who couldn't 
eat. That's really cool. Um, you know, they're doing stuff like that. Uh, a bunch of uh, donations uh, just to the community. They're killing it. Yeah, I feel like I, I see them on, on the news quite a bit about helping the community mm-hmm. and just being involved, you know, wherever anybody's volunteering, they're right mm-hmm. there helping them out and giving free food. And, mm-hmm. and which is a great, I think, um, use of their power, you know, being, yes, yeah, such a big brewery, but they're also giving back and they're just genuinely good people. You know, and I, I think to me, that's a, that's a, you know, that's a model that, you know, I'd love to implement here and hopefully when we grow and we can, we can do that, but yeah, yeah, they're I, good I, I think I, I really, I mean the, the beer you guys brew, the facility is, is unbelievable. I, I'm so excited to see what the hops does here, here in the near future before we kind of take, I want to take a break personally. I got to use the restroom. I got to get a <laughs> refill. I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm about... I need, to, I need to wet my whistle here. But before we do that, I do want to ask Ed. So all right, I saw on your blog, I think it was actually yesterday. Yeah, is it, is, yeah it was Monday. This is a yeah, fair, yeah. fairly new thing. Um, <laughs> so, so the hard seltzer summer of 2020. Yep. Can yep. you tell us a little about what, what your goal is here? And then I do have some follow-up questions. So, sure. so sure, sure. tell us yes. a little bit about it before, before I go forward. So, I mean, I've been avoiding hard seltzers for a long time. And I just have noticed just a takeover of hard seltzers in breweries and in the grocery aisle, like those white boxes, whether it's white claw or whatever. I think that the hard seltzer crew has just adopted the white yeah, packaging, slim cans, sure, the slim cans, <laughs> all special, but I'm just like, Clean. okay, <laughs> what is this? You know, let's check it out. Let's see what's going on. So I, I'm a personal journey, if you will of uh, embracing the hard seltzer life. I, clearly, I'm, I, I have one on the table, but clearly I'm not only imbibing in, in hard seltzers, but just to give them a try, see, what, see what's going on, see what's available out there, what the hype is. Um, you know, I probably need to lose a little LBs myself, so <laughs> maybe it'll be a good alternative to get that, that beach you know. bog going. Yeah, that's yeah. not going to happen, <laughs> but, but I can try and you know, I can yeah. shoot for it. But, but yeah, so I just wanted to kind of see what this hard seltzer life was all about. Uh, I think they really hit last year in 2019, but I think now the breweries are starting to realize like, Hey, um, in order to get, you know, so-and-so to buy a drink, we need to have a hard seltzer on yeah. in order to make that sale, especially with the COVID climate um, and trying to bounce back and, and, you know, make it. So I think the the hard seltzers are, are here to stay for at yeah. least the time being, you know what I mean? Yeah. Based on your writing, it sounded like you weren't completely bought in yeah. to say that you guys, you guys deserve to, to stick around if yeah. you will. Yeah. Kind of like our podcast. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you guys are really legit yet, but no, but uh, but I also you didn't write them off, which I I thought that was pretty cool. So have you tried any that you're like, and, and, and if we're we're getting into your blog that you no, gotta, no, no, you gotta no. so have you tried any yet? Yeah, what? yeah. I mean, I've had White Claw, I've had Truly Smirnoffs, okay. you know, all those. Those are kind of in the background, but I also want to kind of dive into the micros as well. Yeah, yeah. So we were just talking about Middle Coast, mm-hmm. and I I bought a few from Middle Coast. Is that Perrin? Um, no, no, no. no. Well, well, You're thinking at Clear Coast. Oh, Clear Coast, Coast is, right, is Perrin's yeah. brand. Okay. Middle Coast is formerly known as Monkey Fist out of Traverse City. So they have a seltzer line, and I, I got a hold of their grapefruit, cranberry, okay. and then um, tart sweet cherry. Right. So those are the two I've tried. And Yeah, so, so we do have one on the table. We do. Oh, boy. So what? <laughs> remind us what flavor that is. is it, was it Wildberry? It is Wildberry, and you know what? It doesn't have as cool of a story as Madeira. 
This is <laughs> this had nothing yeah, to do with Eric. He was forced. No, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, again, like Ed pointed out, it, you know, craft breweries have to do this stuff now. And that's okay. I fought it for the longest time. I fought it about as, as hard as I fought uh, New England IPAs. Um, I'm not a, the biggest hazy fan, uh, but you got to have one on. Um, ours is called Black Talon, White Claw. Uh, and um <laughs> you know it's 5.1 percent 104 I, I didn't either yeah sorry, you didn't I, make the connection it, blew my mind. Like, just, it makes I, sense so. it does. i had no yeah. clue that was unbelievable yeah, we, well, got, so, we got the rooster down there oh, the talent. there yeah. oh my gosh so, well done well done for you guys thanks what's unique about the de hop seltzers <laughs> well so you guys brew a one, a it's one not seltzer, beer, right? You guys it's not brew, beer. It's not beer. Yeah. You brew one yeah, blank so seltzer, we, basically, right? We do right? A, a base seltzer. Uh, it's essentially dextrose, which is like a corn sugar, and we use a distiller's yeast to uh, ferment it out. So by using a distiller's yeast to ferment it out, we're leaving little to no uh, sugars, residual sugar after that. So the carbs are low. Um, the calories are low. Um, you sound so passionate about this. Well, I, I, just, <laughs> I need to know this stuff. I'm trying to sell myself. That's the thing. Uh, but we do an unflavored one, and then we dose at the uh, at the at the actual uh, bar. Um, to, uh, we do like six different flavors. Uh, the one that Ed is drinking, um, wild berry, is wild berry. It's very wild. Yeah, and crazy and berry. It, and it does make sense. It what you were you're just describing because it's very sweet. Yeah. And so you, it's it's the syrups added, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so I can uh-huh. definitely taste that yeah. with with a syrup, more of a syrupy, sugary sure. add on. Is it like Monin or something like that? No, we actually use uh, Amaretti. Okay, got it. So that that line. Okay, yeah. So I I just picked up a lot of it's really sugary. So I don't know if the kid. Pumped it with sugar or something like that. Yeah. He said but he, he, said he said may have overdid it. it. He said he was going to overdo it. <laughs> yeah, so. said, I think he was going to sabotage this any way possible. That was that was his opportunity because it's really sugary. Like yeah. it's super sugary. I mean, I'm obviously I would drink the shit out of this. Yeah, because it's it's good. It's really like oh, I want more. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, sure. But at the same time, it's like, am I going to crash? Am I going to get a headache? Yeah, everything because yeah, yeah, it's so sure. sugary. I, I think the idea behind the adding the syrup is a good thing as long as you start low and yeah. then you can always add you can mm-hmm. always be like all right I, i'd like a little more i could like but don't go over heavy at the beginning and and kill somebody so right? we, we typically do an ounce per six 16 ounces an okay. ounce of the syrup uh, is that a pump then it is a pump and i was gonna it, say it'll be exactly an ounce that looks over yeah. <laughs> that looks about like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, uh, that's a pretty thick one it's a dark one too. yeah it's a dark one <laughs> it looks like uh, about my kids trying to add chocolate <laughs> yeah, 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 Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. when you oh, brought oh, it up, it looked like a Rubeus. So I was like, yeah. uh, <laughs> looks good. what are we drinking? <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, That's Dang. actually what I thought it was, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so we, so episode 33, we were actually here, and I had to bring it up. We, we all did the seltzers. Uh, it was the day before it came out, I believe, because you guys were, were coming out with it on a Wednesday. We were here on a Tuesday. And it, so I drank a wild beer. I gave an 8.4. Ryan... He had the pog. He had eight point two. Micah key lime, which I mean, he was the it was random because he brought up key lime earlier, like one of his favorite desserts in the episode. We were doing like a banana boat. Who knows what that is? But um, and he brought up key lime <laughs> as one of his favorite desserts, and it Suntan turns out turn, turns out that they had it on on ready to go. 
Uh, Kyle, who is missing today, uh, he's just missing on a good time. That's where he's at. For uh, months. Yeah, uh, he did the grapefruit. <laughs> we gave it eight points. We all gave a good grade. So I guess when you, I think, did I already ask you, like, would you adjust your grading scale? Oh, because it's a hard seltzer? Yeah, because it's a hard seltzer. Is just kind of comparing hard seltzer to hard seltzer? It would, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't um, change my grading scale at all. Um, the way that blogs are formatted with Better on Draft, I don't have a rating scale with it, so it's more of just a plug yeah. and just to tell what's going on and if I like it or not type of thing. It's just the coding and whatnot. But yeah, um, but yeah there's there's going to be no, like, it's not like, like you guys have a, a seltzer scale and yeah. a beer scale. Yeah, Travis. Yeah. So one of our, our previous, uh, he was on the podcast pretty early on. He did a clear coast. He pulled it out of the fridge. This is when we were doing it all on Zoom. He just pulled it out of the fridge because his wife had him on it was clear coast from Perrin. He, he thought it was a beer. And he was like, this is crap. Like, I'm, I'm giving it a one. Like, so he was, he was not happy, but it was also like a mental thing. He wasn't prepared sure, for sure, it. Yeah. So if you're prepared for a seltzer, you can find good seltzers. And I think, I think the hops does it pretty well. Well, we if, sell if, through if a ton the, of it. Yeah, do you? Yeah. I mean, if you got Great. the right mix, it's a <laughs> If you got the right mix, yeah, yeah. 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 I think yeah. somebody, yeah. somebody kind of... Yeah. I don't have COVID, so if it, if you want to give it a whirl, Eric, and <laughs> yeah. see see if this is what it's supposed to I'm be. I'm on a streak for not drinking seltzer, so <laughs> oh, I'm not okay. going to give it up. So <laughs> I'm not even going to try. Can you at least smell is it? Is that 30, 30 years or 31 years or what? what is Are that? you even 30 yet? No, I'm 29. I was going to say. You're close. You're close. I, I look like hurt, a hard 40, I didn't hurt though. your feelings or anything, right? <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah, all right, good. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> You just did. You're good. You're on. I did. I did. I did. No, I was just... we were talking about post Malone, so we had to we had to roll with the post Malone here. Perfect. But we're gonna turn over. So obviously you've you've heard a voice on here. We haven't formally introduced him, but we're gonna do it now. Eric Plata. Is it Plata? Plata? It's Plata. 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 We got Plata. Eric Plata on here. He is the head brewer. Yep. At the Hops Brewing Company and Cafe. And now I'm just gonna. Turn it over to you. You tell us a little bit more about yourself, a little, little bit about the hops and, and what you want to talk about. Sure. Yeah. Um, I've been brewing professionally for nine years, uh, born and raised in the south side of Chicago. I actually moved to uh, Caledonia, West Michigan. Uh, it'll be two years in September. Um, I, f- I moved out here for this position. I, I fell in love with the uh, direction and where ownership uh, saw this place going. And I knew uh, it, w- it would have been... It's the perfect fit. Um, in Chicago, I got my start brewing, um, volunteering a lot of my, well, my first two years in the industry was volunteering my time. I uh, had worked at a couple of different places, uh, Illuminated Brew Works, um, Half Acre, uh, just to get um, some experience going, working canning lines, weighing out hops, cleaning out kettles, mash tons, you name it, just to be there uh, was enough for me uh, at that time. Um, uh, Also, at the same time, I was working at a yeast laboratory out in Chicago, Omega Yeast Labs, uh, working propagating and packaging yeast uh, for brewers. 
Uh, I worked at a homebrew shop called Brew and Grow in Logan Square area, neighborhood of Chicago, uh, and bartending and being a bar back uh, at random bars. I my love for beer started out um, by serving them. Uh, I think I had my very first beer at sixteen with my old man. Uh, and it, he meant yeah. twenty one. Everyone that's uh, listening, he meant twenty one. Sure. We do not, and, uh, we do not promote underage drinking on this spot. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, yeah, we definitely don't. Do not. No, no, we definitely don't. Uh, it was legal back then. Just maybe look it up. Yeah, way sure. Back, way back then. <laughs> and uh, some of the beers that I was drinking with my old man were, um, ironically enough, a lot of Michigan beer. We were drinking a lot of Bells and Founders, um, some Boston Beer Company beers, and Line and Kugels. I we're, love Line and Kugel. We're Summer very, like, yeah, yeah, I mean, totally. I, I'm sorry, like that sounds, that sounds wrong. No, it's ways, not, but man. It's so good. It's not. That was, uh, that was one of the first uh, backyard <laughs> barbecue beers that I had at the uh, age of 16, 17. 21, you meant. At 21, and um, <laughs> just one of those things that kind of opened up my eyes to uh, craft. Well, I guess just beer in general. Uh, I asked a lot of questions at that time. Uh, a lot of those questions my dad couldn't answer. Um, <laughs> why, why does beer taste different? Why, what separates this from this? Okay. Um, and then I just found myself eventually when I became of age and started working in bars, uh, asking those same questions and learning and having real answers and meeting brewers. Um, and I fell in love with it and just volunteering was enough for me and weighing out hops and stuff. And, uh, asking those questions and learning. Uh, eventually, I got my very first uh, paycheck in this industry after two years. I was uh, an assistant brewer at a local, uh, the very first brew pub in Evanston, Illinois. And at the same time, I was bartending and working on a three and a half barrel brew house. Oh, cool. um, and I did that for uh, about two years and then got my very first uh, head brewing position out in Glenview, Illinois. And, uh, did that for a few years and thought that I had bit off more than I can chew by, you know, recipe design and cost and, <laughs> you know, profit and losses yeah, opening, yeah. A, a, you know, recipe. Yeah. Just ordering and working with different purveyors. Um, from there I, I went to a lager house where I had stayed for years and, um, fell in love with the lagering process. And that's where my love for lagers, uh, stemmed out. But eventually uh, had to move my family out of Chicago. We, I, I had a, a, a daughter with my wife and, um, uh, <laughs> without getting too personal, Chicago yeah. public schooling. Uh, yeah, just had to get out sure. and, uh, so time is, to go. So yeah. is that really what, what made the hops like job opening? So, so like exciting. It was like, yeah, coming to, to a, a better school district. Yeah, absolutely. Just, you know, the whole family aspects really, it really opens your, your eyes. I interviewed actually, um, uh, platform Brewing Company in uh, Ohio, Columbus, Ohio. Uh, Nobody likes it there. You're right. Platform's <laughs> good, though. Platform's a good brewery. Yeah. And, yeah. and they just got bought out not they too did. long ago. I would have been did. the first one cut. Yeah. I honestly yeah. would have been. So I'm, I, I we're all both We're all very happy you did not go to that, that garbage yeah. Columbus, Ohio. Nobody likes Columbus, <laughs> Worst state ever. I think Ed can agree oh, on We can state. at least agree yeah, on that. Yeah, we can agree on that. We'll, we'll get into agree and not dis- and disagree here yeah. in, in a bit. But, I mean, yeah, we're and, all happy to you know, uh, there, tell you that. There was a time at Denver I thought uh, I was going to go to. Yeah, um, right. And then the proximity also, you know, was a big selling point. We don't have any family out here. Uh, everyone 
all of our family, everyone we love, our extended family is all, all out in Chicago still. So being three and a half hours away was a big selling point. Yeah, for sure. It's yeah. a pretty easy drive. I mean, it, it sounds oh. long, but it, yeah, it's, it's a lot easier than, than people realize. Um, so, so you kind of got into it to a lot of the, you know, the nit and gritty of what brought you here. But I mean, what, how do you compare, I think we touched on it just a teeny bit, but I want to, I want to bring it full circle here. Like how do you compare the, the Chicago beer scene to, to what, what West Michigan brings or the state of Michigan? Cause I mean, West Michigan's completely different than the state of Michigan in a lot of ways. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't have any experience with, uh, East side of the state in terms of, um, you know, how close knit their industry is. Uh, but West Michigan uh, opened their arms up to me almost immediately. Uh, super warm welcome. Um, I mean, I remember my first week here just meeting people because they uh, they had heard that we had had a new uh, head brewer. And I was from out of state. And I think that kind of drew a lot of people to this place uh, asking about me uh, and like where my history was and, and how I can help this place and be different and whatever. But... Everyone that I've ever met uh, working at the hops has been absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I, I sit uh, on the uh, Beer City Brewers Guild uh, education chair right now. And, um, you know, for being here less than two years and, and, and getting nominated for that position has been huge. Um, you know, I think that's a good testament to where uh, West Michigan is and uh, just welcoming. Just yeah. welcoming. I, I can't. I can't I describe great, it. Yeah, other than that's welcoming. a great way. To, I mean, it really is a great way to describe West Michigan. Yeah. I feel like that. That's every industry you run into. It just seems like everybody. You're supposed to be competitive, but you're really not. It's like you're just there for each other. And I yeah. think I think that's really cool. That an outsider's perspective. I mean, you've been here two years, but you're, that was your very first thought. Where, yeah. where where brewers are like coming over, they're like, all right, this guy might he might be the new big deal. And it's like. I got to go check out my competition and you're like, Hey, they're, they're accepting me. It's like, and that's exactly what West Michigan is. Like they all, we're, we're all in, in it together, right? Like totally. we all want to, each other to succeed. We want West Michigan to succeed. And I, I think that's a perfect example of what West Michigan is. And yeah. um, hearing it from an outsider's perspective is, is pretty dang cool. So, and not, uh, and not knocking what Chicago is doing in their beer scene. It's just, uh, you know, it's a major city. And for as long as I had brewed out there, like, you can't meet everybody and um yeah it's just uh every, i i feel like west michigan is such a close-knit group of brewers yeah so so i do want to keep a, a little focus here on what the hops is and, and what you do so how many how many the hops or beers or, or whatever you guys have on on, on rotating uh a draft how so, many how many beers do you guys have on on tap generally yeah so we have 16 taps uh that rotate at any given point we do a lot of uh seasonals we have mainstays um our big thing is lagers we i I feel like we do some of the best uh lagering or have the best lagering program um in west michigan for sure um but we rotate through beers pretty regularly we have uh 15 rotating beers and one uh seasonal cider Okay. Um, we also offer a hard seltzer and uh, some wines as well. So we, right. we have something for everybody. No, I think, I think that's awesome. I think you guys have an unbelievable menu, too. Your guys' chicken sandwiches, at least before COVID, we'll, we'll see what, what it turns into here coming out, coming out of it. I mean, before that, I mean, I loved your guys' chicken sandwich. What was it, the Yardbird? <clears throat> yardbird. Is that, is that yardbird. what I love? But I would go with Taco. Uh, I mean, yeah, same. he's a big Taco. Taco Tuesdays are, are, are a massive circle on my calendar and Ryan's. I but, think I mean, we'll 
We'll talk later. I, I was talking to Ben earlier. We got some good menu stuff coming. Menu change. Oh, really? All right. As long as you have guys have, have chicken sandwiches. Uh, Shoot, maybe he even can talk better. a little bit Make about it. Make it a Nashville hop, maybe? <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Might need a shot off yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, so do you remember what the first beer was? Beer? Is the first beer you brewed, or is it the first brew? It's the brewed you beard. <laughs> you, you are so mean to me. You're like, this is what I'm talking about. This, I brought it up earlier. I don't know if it was all there on there. I don't remember. But he and then you me. repeat it. Yeah, exactly. He's trying it's to. It's so easy. Yeah. It <laughs> sounds easy. Like, I've been he learning. doesn't even think about it. He I've just been comes out of his mouth. Yeah, I've been learning from him since I was like literally out of the womb at this point. So <laughs> I, he still thinks so he can confuse so, me. So it's, it's all bad. Trust. Now I just get mad. Now I just uh. get mad. I'm like, I know, I know it's not real. Because you taught me it wasn't real. Not right, but whatever. Okay, what was yeah. the question? Do you remember the question? Uh, the, the what was the first brew you beer? The first brew I beared at the hops um, was a Marzen Oktoberfest, mm. um, which ironically, uh, you know, we became a lager house. Uh, with my history in lagering, I think ownership didn't necessarily expect we're going to do a lager right out the gate. Like we're going to do a lager. Actually, the first two beers that I I beered. Um, was, First brewed you beer. We we did a, a Czech pills and a, oh, wow. a Marzen and a Czech pills, and and those were um, we rolled out for our Dahops very first Dahops Oktoberfest, and we flew through them. It was great. It was definitely great. And that Czech pills actually evolved into what we have now called premium lager, mm. which evolved from a Czech style Czechoslovakian style pilsner to a German pilsner, um, mostly due to complete overhaul in hop scheduling. Um, and, and also the water chemistry, but yeah, um, that was a popular beer for us. And we found that doing a traditional German style, as opposed to a Czechoslovakian style really sold better for us. We haven't changed it since. Yeah. I I think we learned pretty, pretty early on in in the podcast. We're not going to get into the water chemistry. Um, but (laughs) yeah, that's, that's his draft notes. Why do you have 25 papers over there? Come on. Um, but do you, do you have a favorite beer? So, so I, I want I want to keep this as like a favorite beer that you drank, that that you like the taste of, and a favorite beer that was just like popularity exploded. And you were proud of that. It was like this was my beer, and I was. I, and, and I'm sorry, I don't want to. I know you're a very humble guy. I don't want to make you talk about do yourself, it. but it. I'm gonna make you do it anyways because it's my me. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but really, I, though. I think uh, you know I I stand behind it. I'm pretty proud of our Schwartz beer, our Shadow Box. It's a it's a four time award winning beer. It's got um you know accolades nationally and internationally. It won uh, best black uh, dark lager in the United States um, out That's in London. Awesome. That's very cool. Um, which was. Uh, a huge highlight for us as well. Um, U.S. Open Beer Championship, which is like the second uh, most sanctioned um, beer BJCP judge competition next to GABF and World Beer Cup. We took home a silver with that. Um, but yeah, that's that's a crown jewel for us. It's it's definitely my baby here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a black lager. It, it drinks like a, shoot, it drinks like a porter. Uh, really it hits all the notes of like raisin, uh, c- uh, coffee, some little roast astringency going on, that's, but it's rounded. That's like, yeah. that is seriously my go-to here. He loves that. Yeah. I do. I, d- I go to it at least ev- once every single time. I'm not saying I don't like it, but I'm just, I'm just confused by why that's your go-to. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm a big sure. fan of like Finca to Drinka. 
I love the coffee. If I'm just saying right I'm away, going, I'm just every single time it's like, mm, Shadow Do they have I, I know a Schwarz beer. Yeah, that's yeah. like the way I, <laughs> that's, that's the way he, <laughs> I'm like, Shadow X, what? Oh, Schwarz beer. Yeah, got yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Yeah, Schwarz beer is a, it's just a unique style, man. You don't get to see those often. Um, and when you tip, and when you do, they're typically imported from like a like Germany. Okay. Um, it comes from the Franconia region of uh, Bavaria. Right. Um, and it's just a, it's a, it's just right. a kind it's like, of, I know that place. Yeah. It's just, it's just kind of, <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's a unique, it's a unique commercial like, yeah. style You're for American page. brewers, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, so, so your shadow box, is there one that just kind of exploded in popularity that you're like, Hey, like, that's, that's right. Whether you like it or not. Yeah. I mean, Stand Delicious is, is right up there with it. Um, it's, it's our best selling IPA uh, that we've ever produced. Um, we actually just did our first can run of it. We did 3000 cans, um, in our 10 barrel, uh, fermenter. And, uh, that's going to be a mainstay from here on out, uh, in terms of just stocking cans. Yeah. Keeping it, keeping it available. Yeah, I think, I think that was the available. biggest thing. It was like, well, cause everybody would, loved it. And then all of a sudden it was gone. We would run, was, we yeah. would run through it so fast. Yeah, for sure. Um, Kudos to the brewer. Right. I haven't, Thanks, had, it. Right? Yeah. I haven't right. had it since you redid it. So I, I think we, I haven't had any of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we run through it so fast, um, and I think I mean, like you said, you, you hadn't had it, right? You hadn't had it, and you you've been here multiple times. Yeah, and, it was just, and uh, I just missed it every single time. Yeah, it was we, gone we, so fast. We fly through it, and um, I think we're gonna start making it a point just just to have it on. I think that's know? good. Yeah, I think I think I think that's really important. Whether it's on tap and like filling a crawler or just buying the six pack, like like you mentioned, I think that's. That's awesome. I know I'm gonna. I'll probably take a six pack out there every t- every time I walk out of this place. Sure. So let's be honest here. <laughs> On the golf course. But um, so right right now, like people can only buy buy your beer at the tap house at, at in the tap room tap room tap house tap room uh, sure tap room. Ryan's gonna you don't, don't Ryan just keep. I'm gonna turn your mic off. Right, so in the tap room. I was gonna say but room you house. Guys, you guys are looking to to start distributing. Is that is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, the idea behind uh, purchasing a canner and canning all the beers that we the 3000 cans that we did the idea is to to expand our brand uh you know past our reach locally yeah um so you know we we want to start aiming towards um closer to the city grand rapids and surrounding areas um so yeah that's definitely on the agenda we're hoping to do that and and, and get these cans out in front of people who have never heard of our brand yeah do, um, sorry go ahead do you have ahead. any kegs anywhere though we we uh, currently do not, uh, and that's partially due to COVID. Okay, um, but we you have, have been, before. Yes, we have definitely. We've I was going to say I've had his beer before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a few yeah. places. Oh, Eric, you are lying. You're pulling a Ryan right now. No, just no, mess no, with no, my no. head. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to throw you a softball. We, we, <laughs> we've been at Horrocks. We've been at um, you know a beer cellar. Um, yeah, yeah. We we try to to get in anywhere that they'll accept us. You yeah. know, we don't turn our noses at anywhere at all. That's kind of a, a, a thing or a motto for us. For we, sure. Yeah. We want to make beer and as long as you're willing to try it and drink it, we might as well try it and drink it. We don't care. You know, we just want, we just want you to try it. And, um, we think that uh, we believe in our brands. We believe in every one of the beers that we produce. Um, and, and it's, it's important and for us to just get them out there. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that's all, that's all it's going to take at this point. I mean, Standale's exploding. You got, you got, like I already mentioned, you get pushed both directions. You guys are right in the middle of where it's going to boom. 
I think just getting the name out there is going to be because your guys' beer speaks for itself. As soon as people mm -hmm. try it, I haven't I haven't met one person that that's hated state of my IPA. I, I mean that's for sure. But I mean the, I brought people here. People love this place, um, and and I think that's awesome. But <laughs> kind of a off the cuff question, a little odd. But I feel like brewers in general, like a a head brewer, or like a micro brewery, and all those, they always have those stereotypes. You know the the what is it called? When a man bun, like all all of those things. Like it's a it's a focused only on the the millennials. Is that the right word, Ryan? Yeah, he's gonna tell me the wrong thing. I don't know why I'm asking him. Gen Millennial X. Like, Gen X. Is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is there a a what, what did I word? A stereotype that's just like come on, like get get that stereotype out of here. Like this is this is bull crap. That we're just taking over. Right? Yeah, I think I, I think I'm it's uh, the pretentiousness. I uh, you know. I can sit here and talk about water chemistry all day. That may seem pretentious to some people, <laughs> yeah. but for me, that is a leg up in producing the highest quality product that I can. Yeah. And whether or not you think I'm a jerk for doing it, but, or not, but, uh, the pretentiousness, I, I think, uh, there's always one thing in common with beer. It's it, no matter who you talk to, it's just, uh, making the best product that you possibly can. And no matter how in depth your knowledge may go, um, I think I think you just you, you pull us aside and talk to us and say hey. I, I I think most brewers would be happy to talk to you, uh, regardless. We're not intimidating people. Um, we're just everyday people. Yeah, yeah. We I, we drink beer. I think that's a, that's the <laughs> thing that people don't realize. It's like the thought and everything that actually goes into a beer recipe. It's like, it, it's not just, we're copying this, we're copying that. It's like, there is a lot of thought, there is a lot of chemistry, of if you will, that, that goes into this. It's, it's like, purpose, yeah, it, right? there's a purpose for it. It's not like we're just beer drinkers that decided to make our own thing. What, I mean, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it's like, we're, we're focusing on, on recipes and, and, and everything that people like, dislike, and like all, all the, I mean, you brought up a seltzer. You don't like seltzers, but he's like, hey, I'm doing it for the public. I'm doing this mm -hmm. so because it's it's the way it's supposed to go, if you will. And but, and, and I think like a, a parallel to that is like you know talking to a three star Michelin chef as opposed to a beer brewer. Yeah, you know who makes say anybody who makes a fantastic beer. Uh, beer is meant for the average blue collar person. That's that's the history of beer. Um, but you know, culinary is so elevated, but, but the brewing is not like, we're just people who enjoy beer. We work a hard day and we want a great beer at the end of the yeah. day. Yeah. And I think, I think the important part of that is, uh, where people miss the boat is they, it's not being pretentious or yeah, to use your word, but it's really just a passion for it. Of yeah. course. And if Absolutely. you have a passion for it, then it's not something to be snobby about. It's. I don't know if you're the drinker, like what, wouldn't you want to learn a little bit more about this beer and the reasons why behind it? And if you agree or disagree or like, or dislike, it doesn't matter. Like let's learn about it. And I think that's where maybe the disconnect is and where the stereotype might come from. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. I mean, I've had countless conversations where people ask me about a certain type of beer and they're just like, Oh, you lost me. Yeah. It's, and they'll just literally walk away. Yeah. But it doesn't need to be like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, no. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Like we're basically, I consider myself basically starting from scratch here. But I, I'm, I don't know. I think it's, it's awesome listening to all the details and all the, the purpose and the, the water chemistry. Like 
right when you said water camping, I'm like, oh yeah, definitely. I'm like, I'm, yeah, right. I'm all in with it. <laughs> like, right. I want to know more. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So there's a lot of overrated sports teams, overrated athletes. Do you have an overrated <laughs> beer style? Uh, I mean, caution. I'm, yeah, caution. I'm not a fan of. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm a lager brewer first and foremost. Yeah. So when it comes to talking about trendy beers and and you know heavily fruited gozas or whatever you want to call it, uh, New England IPAs don't typically do it for me. See, I don't. I don't think that they're those are my favorite <laughs> oh. i know i know i know can, can and just bring his mic to zero and podcast over no, I'm, just I'm just saying man like i don't know it's not an ipa basically yeah yeah don't, don't give it zero ibus and call it an ipa that's all i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> but they taste so yummy <laughs> so it's, yummy. Like, it's like the beer drinker seltzer is that is that fair <laughs> They're just, you know, it's they're highly approachable. I think they do serve a purpose. You know, they they do. There, there's a reason why they exist. Don't they, Eric? Don't they go against like all the traditional rules of brewing, though? New England IPAs. Uh, typically, <laughs> yes. Right. There's yeah. so even there's like even a, down to the water chemistry level. Yeah, it does. Do you guys happen to know like where New England IPAs became famous? Like, I, I'm just I'm just curious if if you happen to know, like. <laughs> Dun dun dun. New like, England. Well, I, <laughs> thank you. Was like, but really though, is, is there a specific brewery that we yes. can like circle? Yeah, in Target, like There's it's like you ruined beer or what? Like, Heady Topper from the Alchemist. Heady Topper. Yep. Oh, okay. Is uh, often uh, notably like the godfather of the New England style, which I think is super hilarious because Heady Topper is like a hundred plus IBUs. I'm not even sure I've potent. heard of that. It's potent. Yeah, it's a. They use distillate in their beer because there's so many hops. There's, really? Yeah, there's like that hop distillate to get bitterness out of it. Uh, but that's often considered the like godfather of New England IPAs. Mm-hmm. All right. So, other than the hops, do you have a favorite local, obviously West Michigan brewery that, that that's kind of your go-to when you can get out of the the yeah. work scene, if you will? Absolutely. Um, I'm a big fan of. City built, um, city built's great. They are, uh, they do a lot of trendy styles, and their lager program is pretty solid. Uh, their culinary program is fantastic too. It's a lot of Puerto Rican uh, derived dishes yeah, that are really true to style. Um, aside from them, the Mitten Brewing Company, fantastic pizzas, and that also goes out to uh, Harmony as well. Yeah. Fantastic pizzas and killer beer. So go, um, going back to to Mitten, peanuts and cracker jacks. Like, what is your what is your thoughts on that? It's one? great. It's yeah. fantastic. That's they, the best. You like that so one good. too? Yeah. Yeah. I think you, yeah. I think I saw that on your blog, right? Yeah. You, well, you, that was one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah. We had the uh, we went up to the World Expo of Beer in Frankenmuth, and uh, I still can't get into that. I'm like on a waiting list. Well, hopefully you do, man. I know. I'm trying. But get we us went in with you. What's that? So get us in with you. <laughs> <laughs> so we went. We went up to World Expo Beer. There's there's the ex, there's the the competition in April, and then there's the festival in May, and it was canceled this year. Well, no, they moved it to October right now, so it's currently on for the first weekend of October. Um, but uh, we had a few of the guys on there from Mitten. We interviewed them, stuff like that, and then they're like, "Oh, let's go try peanuts and cracker jack from the source as much as you know we can." So sure. it was delicious yeah i mean mm. one thing that i like about the mitten is their focus on the detroit tigers obviously we love the detroit tigers i mean Baseball, we, on, we yeah. only spent like yeah. five minutes on them 
at least according to my phone. Like, I mean, that was my timer. I don't know if we spent more. We're not getting into that at this point. But, I mean, we love the Tiger. And honestly, every opening day for the last how many years, Mike, have, have we gone there for lunch? We, t- we take time off work. And we just, yeah. like, that's one thing that I love about the mitt. And it's like they, they focus on it. And I think the peanuts are actually supposed to be allegedly from from comerica, comerica. oh i mean that, okay. that that's pretty cool either huh. either that know. or the same i have to text some people the same either that or they're let from it, the same source yeah. that did comerica you guys have the imperial them. did you guys try the imperial this imperial past money i don't think that so. one we, was good we actually were there on our bikes and brew and i yeah. i had their new england style i mean which is <laughs> we don't fog out or we don't, route, yes fog it was the fog out that was a great beer that was a really good beer and then i also had a milkshake uh i don't remember what it was called but I remember you guys' milkshake IPA, and I was like, I got to love this one, that, too. So. That, that was good. Their sour IPA was good. Doc's No-No was good. Oh, Doc's yeah, No-No is good. Doc's No-No is good. They, they, have, they have a very good beer selection. Yeah, yeah they, they, they do. You know, yep. their entire brew team is unbelievably talented. Uh, their farm, their, what they the call farm their, team. Their farm yeah, team. I, yeah, I just learned about that. That's, yeah. that's crazy. That's Those, really cool. They're their pub brewers, and they're, they're brewing on like a three-barrel system. Okay. Um, Jeff and John over there, they're they're incredible. Um, you know, they, they have experience in this industry, and they're just cranking out some fantastic small batch beer. And then you go over to production across the street, and they have literally the king of dissolved oxygen. If Miguel hears this, he's gonna he's gonna laugh his ass off because it's so funny. I just crowned him the king of dissolved oxygen. <laughs> Tag, so him. Dissolved, Tag him in the yeah. Dissolved <laughs> oxygen is the measurement of oxygen in your your final can product. Okay. He's getting like sub thirty parts per million on it, which again, nerding out. That is so rare to find hmm. and he does it consistently he's, consistently like yeah. can to can to can can to can to can oh, shoot incredible and and that's yeah. why their products hold up so well but he's just one of those dudes he works in the lab and he knows quality control what is he like sparge with nitrogen or something no it's all co2 it's the same exact process that everybody else does everybody he just wow. he just knows it like the back of his hand he's he's a he's a psychopath <laughs> math he's a psychopath good for him <laughs> crazy yeah. don't tell him in that and <laughs> we don't want to call this psycho don't give out all the secrets here. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think of him as a psychopath. I think of him as a brilliant mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he and he beat me in arm wrestling. Oh, oh, you oh, just admitted man. that. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. You can't and that's hard that. for me. That's hard. Now for we're me. gonna have to change man. sponsors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is not fair. Mitten Brewing Company. You are on the clock. Is, is it the muscles or is it the tattoos that help you? I don't know, man. He's jacked. He's jacked. It's all right. <laughs> all right. So, so we asked Ed his favorite domestic beer. He said Miller Lite. Do we even have to ask you? I, all right, we're going to ask you what your favorite one is. I feel like it's pretty obvious. So it's it's they are a sponsor of the Chicago Cubs. Ugh, gross. <laughs> um, but old style is old style. Chicago's beer. Yeah. Yeah, everybody loves the old style. I don't know. I, I don't know if I even have had one. You've never had an old style? I don't think I have. Sounds kind of old. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Right. It's yeah. still in style, though. Right. It's still in style. <laughs> Not shitting on you too much there, Eric, but I'll take a Stroh's over an old style. Oh, come on. Oh. <laughs> All right. So anyways, I so obviously this is a little different different podcast, but we're going to stick to our roots here. <laughs> and, and and I sent I sent Ed, I said, hey, are you comfortable telling us your top four favorite MSU Spartans. He goes, I would love to fill my banana boat. That's right. I, like, I told you that. Word Heck for yeah. Word. He's a listener. I was pumped. <laughs> he knew exactly what I meant. It's not Mount Rushmore. It's a banana boat. And mm-hmm. he, even, he even knew it was the, 
the uh, Dwayne Wade banana boat. Like yep. he, that's exactly what I brought up to these guys <laughs> when I originally brought this topic up. So I was pumped. So what we're going to do is we have uh, Ed's favorite Spartans, and we're going to jump to Eric's favorite Chicago athletes, and then back over to Ed's least favorite Wolverines, which I am very nervous about. But we're going to do it anyways. <laughs> that, that's the way we're going to roll. So, Ed, I would love for you to start with your four favorite Spartans in no particular order. No particular and order. And we might call you out. We're going to have it. Like, sure. I mean, sure, we're sure. the sports They're guys. sports guys. Yeah, the, I know. We, got to. we are the sports guys. <laughs> I hope you know these athletes. <laughs> <laughs> we're the sports guys here, I, No, so. but I told you, I, I cannot recall, like, the 1998 and, and, record and stats yeah, and yeah, bullshit. We're not no. going to put you on the spot. <laughs> we're not going to put you on the spot, team, but... Yeah. We might call you out when you're wrong on one of your top four favorite Spartans. When and, I'm wrong on well, my I top mean, four when favorite we think, Spartans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, your right, list is wrong. We're learning a lot, a lot about each other today, and that's one thing you're going to learn about me. Or if Ed's is got a I'm favorite right, moment. Yeah, a moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, sure, we all know what the sure. moment is. We're not going to bring that up. <laughs> oh. Kyle's not here to, to play the drop. So. Yeah, it's trouble that's with the perfect. snap. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you do that, Micah? Sorry. We're going to do another episode without Kyle hey, bringing that up. Now hey, we have whoa, Ed bringing whoa. it up. All right. So, all right. I did. I did not. Four favorite Spartans. Okay. First one I'd say, so I would say with this, when I was thinking about it and putting it together, um, basketball, football, that was the focus. Yeah. So I didn't get into the smaller sports or the lesser well-known sports and all that, but Kirk cousins and Connor cook were the first two that came to mind. Yep. Just heyday of MSU football in recent times. Um, were the, the two quarterbacks, the two leaders of the team, that's who came up. And, I mean, if you look at Kirk Cousins in, like, the Wisconsin game, yeah. you look at Connor Cook and the Rose Bowl win. So you just kind of have those those big moments, those big memories. Yeah, and, for sure. And that's just, you know, what I focused on. So. No, that, that, that makes sense. And then you have the idiots that tried to replace him and all that, too. Yeah, hasn't so. gone so well. <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah. I wasn't going to do it. I'm glad you brought it up. But I, I wasn't I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an alumnus, and I'm a fan, so, you For know, sure. you got to no, look at your, your good and your bad. So, Definitely. you know, that was kind of a that, that's head been, scratcher That's moment. been my point for the, this whole time. It's like quarterback, man. Go get quarterback. Go get a quarterback. That's the Go only get a thing that makes a difference. So then uh, if we're looking at leaders of the team, that's where Cassius Winston fit in with MSU basketball, especially this past season. And it just, it just, I know COVID-19 is COVID-19 and it, it happened, but it just stinks that, you know, we couldn't see NCAA tournament and see how far Michigan state could have gone with yeah. Cassius Winston at the helm. Yeah, for sure. You know, as a Michigan fan, so you, so you know how Zion Williamson had that lovable, the, the first lovable Duke player in God knows how long. Debatable. Like, but yeah, yeah, I mean, but you know what I mean. Like, it seemed like the nation loved him, even though he was. A Is he Roly Poly? Is that why he's lovable? Maybe. He's Roly Poly. Who knows? But I feel like Cassius Winston fits in that mold. Of, as a Michigan fan, it's like I get why people love him. I respect his talent. I respect his leadership. I respect who he is on and off the court. Sure. Seems like such a good dude. Like he kind of falls in that line. Like he's wearing a Spartan jersey. I, my brain goes, I don't like you until you prove right. me wrong. He proved me wrong. Sure. So I, I mean, I, I get that one. You got the unfortunate uh, story too with his brother yes. too. So yep. that kind of pulls at your heartstrings a little bit more. Maybe rooting for him a little bit more. Yeah. So um, yep. I think that regardless, Cassius Winston, one of my top. Yeah. Favorites. So you got so you got one more seat available. One more. Where are we going? I'm going back. You're going back. I'm going back to TJ Duckett. Oh, that's a good one. You're going back yeah. to football. You're going back in time. Going back in time. I mean, that growing up and watching Michigan State. I mean, that was hell. 
watching Michigan State lose yeah. in the 90s and early 2000s. John L. Smith, all those shitty coaches yeah. and stuff. But TJ Duckett. the good old days. <laughs> yeah, for you. Uh, huh. <laughs> sounds like we a Michigan fan. We understand your pain right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm debating. We're actually getting short on time. We're not going to be able to talk about the least favorite Wolverines. But. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. Yeah. But anyway, uh, TJ Duckett, though, I think you know he, he had a – Decent career at Michigan State, yeah. and then went on to the NFL as well. And then he's actually coming; he's he's come back to the best of my knowledge to the Lansing area and is giving back to the community. Very so I think that's yeah. you know well rounded, you know, not just living in your mansion in L.A. or whatever, but you're coming back to your roots and giving back to the community that brought you up. I think yeah. that's always important. Yeah, for yeah. sure. All right, we're gonna jump over to Eric with his top four. He's gonna he's gonna name his banana. He's gonna fill his banana boat. Here with we the go. Chicago athletes. Here we Remember, go. you can always tip them over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can cut them off. We, we, hey, <laughs> Ryan, mute his mic, will you? Yeah. We can no. control his volume, so just remember that. Look, uh, how terrible of a person would I be if I didn't mention the great Air Jordan, yeah. his airness? Uh, yeah, obviously, growing up, uh, watching uh the bulls play in their prime yeah, michael jordan sure. i i mean i could i could have easily put the starting lineup yeah uh, for this. <laughs> yeah uh, i kind of wish you would have <laughs> yeah, yeah that would have been hilarious uh so yeah michael jordan man fantastic and i'll, I'll even stick to the basketball theme uh derrick rose i, I loved yeah. watching derrick derrick rose was the whole uh resurgence of excitement in basketball for f- at least for me yeah. Um, uh, you know, um, it was, it's just, it just rejuvenated that love and, and you see this a rookie of the year, Chicago kid come back and just destroy it. And then it all happened. Right? Yeah. It, for it, sure. The knee injuries and, and yep. whatever. But, but you're right though. I mean, he was, he was the youngest MVP in NBA of all history time. of all time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we got a little taste of that this year with the Pistons. Look good. I, he was, I mean, he's like the, you know, the old veteran at this point. <laughs> he's like, what, 30? But he was, cl- <laughs> yeah. maybe. But he was yeah. clearly the best player on the floor pretty much the whole season yeah. for the Pistons. I mean, yeah. and, and even watching him go to, uh, you know, Minnesota yeah. with, with Coach Tibbs and putting up career high numbers. You know, for me, like, yeah, I'm a Bulls fan first and foremost, but to, I, I follow Derrick Rose's career and I'm excited for what he, what he did in, in Detroit. Yeah. It's you know almost I mean? like we're all rooting for him to go somewhere of else course. and make a difference in the playoffs and, you know, make an impact where it counts. Yeah. His like, story is insane. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm rooting for him. I'm right there with yeah. you. Yeah. So, yeah. So two basketball players. What else you got? Uh, old Pauly K dude, Paul oh, Canerco. Yes. <laughs> Paul Canerco. I mean, yes, but, but like I hated him at the time, but yeah, I mean, I, a big it, fan now. That was also tied for like AJ Przinsky for me or Joe, oh, or Joe uh, Creedy. I brought, I actually brought him up in my least favorite. That's so like, ridiculous. It, it, like, AJ Pierzynski. Like, it was just, He's, like, he was the best catcher of all time, dude. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and he I could take know. a punch. What? No. <laughs> that was one of the funniest things when he just, like, when he got that punch and he just, like, punched himself. I was like, what are you doing? Uh, and he's just like, hey. Ooh, I'm so hey. Come on, dude. Like, but then I, I ended up liking the dude that later on. I don't remember why. It was a but, metaphor. It was like he could he could give it it, and then he could also take it. Yeah. You know? yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> from his from yeah. himself. Yeah. yeah. And, and he's a great commentator too. Yeah. He's fantastic. He, he is. I would give yeah. it. Yeah. He's he's great. All right, we got um, one more seat available. Uh, Brian Urlacher. Oh man. <laughs> love it. I feel like he would be if he wasn't a rival. I feel like he's the type of guy I would love. Number fifty four sure. linebacker, incredible. Him and Lance Briggs uh, together. Yeah. On, that, I mean, that was the Bears defense. That was Super Bowl defense. Oh, yeah. When they went 
to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they got destroyed by Peyton Manning. The yeah, Colts. yeah, for sure. Devin Hester also was close to my list. Yes. Um, oh, he was a good one for you guys. Uh, Bob, Bobby Hall was close to my list. All right. Um, and Marion Hosa was also close to my list. Oh, Marion um, And I know that would have probably stirred some controversy here. Struck a nerve a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean, that Brian Ehrlicher is kind of like the, the Lions um, – uh, oh wait, no, we don't uh, have that. No, no, uh, I, I think, <laughs> no we never um, have. Uh, the what? guy from Ohio State, Spielman. Yeah, Spielman. No, kind of fits oh, that. Yeah, still, still doesn't. He no? had it for maybe like three years, but not not the same. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that, that that's pretty good. He said led them to a Super Bowl. We haven't even we haven't been close, man. We're <laughs> well, looking for we a win. Bears we almost made the playoffs. One the year, Bears went to the Super Bowl <laughs> with the Rex Grossman. Yeah. <laughs> that it was, is it was a defensive team. Yeah. And I'm he was captain of that, that de- defense. Touchdown know? off the kickoff by Devin Hester. Oh, incredible. And it was just like, oh, boy, here we go. And then all of a sudden just. <laughs> also bottom, great bottom to see Peyton Manning win a ring. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was upset, but also it's Peyton no, Manning. That, that's sure. good. Respect. I don't want to fight you too long, but I'm going to fight Ed a little bit. I'm sure <laughs> as we go. That's Oof. what I'm trying to save time for here. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> here you go. Here we go. I think I might leave the Either room. Either that or I should just turn my mic off and just let him <laughs> go and just, just wait for a break or something. But all right, Ed, we're going to give you an opportunity to roast your least favorite Wolverines, banana boat, flip it over, all of those great things. All those great things. So uh, I would say Jim Harbaugh is one of my least favorite Wolverines as a coach. I will respect him as a player, but not as a coach. All right. Yeah. You you guys recently posted, like I think it was last week, you posted the top 10 like coaches salaries in NCAA. Is it fourth? I think he was third or fourth. Third? Yeah, third or fourth. And you were asked, like, do you think Michigan's spinning their wheels with Harbaugh? Hell yes. I disagree. Hell yes. Hell yes. <laughs> so I, I think win something, win a championship. I respected you until now. Well, we would love that. <laughs> I'll, win so, I'll take back win something because you guys were 10 and 3, 9 and 4 last year. You yeah. guys were respectable. I mean, we're, we're 10, 9, 10, 10 and wins. 4, you know. 9, 10 wins almost every year. Right, but yep. win a Big Ten championship and come home and tell me. Okay? I would love that. I would, I would waiting, 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 waiting. When, when that happens, you will come on the podcast and tell us you were wrong. And Yeah, five years later. But anyway, <laughs> oh, man. as long as you got Columbus full speed ahead, oh, I agree with that. There's, there's no way that Michigan State, anyone is going to be in the, what is that? In the Big Ten East, it's with Ohio State running the gamut there. Really, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State even, it doesn't matter. As long as Ohio State is there and they're doing what they've been doing and they're staying in good faith and not in trouble, then yeah. I think uh, there's no way that Michigan's going to win a Big Ten championship. No, I, I completely agree. It's going to take a step back from Ohio State yep. for anybody else. Yeah, to clear win, the way. To win I mean, Michigan, Michigan State did beat Ohio State. so but That was a long time ago. They're, uh, within 10 years. And then Harbaugh has been a, I, I don't know. Was Harbaugh there? I couldn't drink 10 years ago. Okay. okay. It's better than oh, Michigan. Man, that's, a, that's a long time ago. <laughs> Eric was, but anyway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> but yeah, so I'd say Jim Harbaugh is a coach, least favorite Wolverine, just because okay. he's running the, running the show. And, and, you know, I hate, you know, seeing Michigan State lose to Michigan. So, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say uh, after that it goes to the, the cocky players. Um, that have uh, <laughs> graced oh, the I Michigan Wolverines. Um, so I would I would start with Mike Hart. Yeah, as as one of them. I mean, the little brother comments. Yeah, you know, you guys deserve to hate them. So I mean, I that that's that. there with a Michigan State Spartan. You're gonna Mike Hart's gonna make that list for sure. And then um, I would even go to Desmond Howard. I mean, just Oof. his his. 
I would say not as a player. I would say his legacy now as a commentator on College Game Day. Really? Whenever he, whenever he yeah. opens his mouth, I'm like, shut up. Yeah. Um, or whenever they're at like when when they're at East Lansing or they're yeah, in Columbus yeah. Yeah. or they're or even if they're in Ann Arbor, like just his smug um, style dumb, of commentating. Dumb face. I can get that. <laughs> I feel his pain because that's sometimes how I feel when Kirk Herbstreet talks. Oh, right, with Ohio State. Oh, I it, think yeah. Kirk, Kirk Herbstreet does a really good job of, be, of oh, staying no, level-headed, no. personally. Most of the time. There he was are great sometimes on the video. There's a little bit, There's yeah. no yeah. way he doesn't bug you. He bugs me a little bit. Yeah, but thank you. I, sure. Yeah, but for I, the, I, 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 I see really what you're saying. Kirk Herbstreet, for the most part, he's pretty level. Yes. But then there are those moments. But I think Desmond Howard has way more moments than, than Kirk Herbstreet does. I don't, that, right. that's, that's because Michigan hasn't been good enough in the recent future. Oh, here we go. No, you know what I mean? Like, he's almost... Like him and Charles Woodson are our last two huge names. Do are, something. Are, yeah, like our, our other than Tom Brady. Oh. He's done a lot. Yeah, but not at Michigan. He didn't do that. He, <laughs> he has all of his legacy in, in the pros. I'm just saying, like, as far as legacy goes, right. the yeah. last two major legacy type guys at, at Michigan has, have been Desmond Howard and, and Charles Woodson. Yep. Correct. I agree. I'm, I'm really yep. regretting this part of the segment, but all right, you have one more seat to fill. Shoelace. Let's just, oh, shoelace. Oh, right. shoelace. You didn't like him. Really? Why would I like a Michigan Wolverine? <laughs> his shoes were on tie. That's kind of cool. I mean, I liked it. If you want to look at the tape and check out his tape against Michigan State where we clobbered him, I mean, I love all of that. Yeah. But, I mean, I just think he was overhyped. Can't tie his shoes, so why at Michigan? <laughs> um, but that, yeah, it's just, I just think he was an overhyped player. Like, he, he was not a Desmond Howard. He was I, not yeah. a Charles Woodson. Yeah. But I think he, he was brought to that level of hype that he just never lived up to. He, he made the... Bad teams look like he was. They were crap. Like oh, right, he was, right. He was unbelievable against the really bad teams. Right. And he had a really good game against Notre Dame. Don't get me wrong on that. Like, right. Which Notre Dame was a very highly recruited team. But, I mean, when push came to shove, I mean, when you're in the, the nitty-gritty of the Big Ten, you're, you're, he, didn't, he didn't contend. And I get that. Sure. He, was, he didn't they, have they weren't, they weren't good enough overall. Yeah, I agree with that. So there were a couple players that I was surprised you didn't bring up. Yeah. Tom Brady on. and Charles Woodson. What? Yeah, do you like? So I, respect, I mean, just he, off the cuff, sure, sure, sure. Charles Woodson. I respect Charles Woodson's game. Okay, and, and he I was think, a Packer, right? Ugh, uh, uh, who likes the Packers? Uh, hell yeah, Packers suck. But but no, with Tom Brady, agreed. They're going the worse. Agreed. First, or first to worst. <laughs> I thought year. of this in in the present Great, moment the as a Michigan Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. And and Tom Brady didn't do anything. He's not a Wolverine. I, he's like, he's even a New England Patriot, right? I wondered so, if you viewed yeah, yeah. it that way. I, that's how I, and I mean, I think when you're latching on to like, oh, I went to Michigan, that's where I'm like, eh, yeah. annoying. Um, but it's just, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't like Tom Brady. I'll, I'll tell you that. Oh, really? Same. He's I the goat. The goat. Right. I think he's amazing. So is Michael Jordan. They're the goat too. Goats. Eh, allegedly. <laughs> Debatable. I didn't watch the Bill Lambier over here. Yeah. <laughs> he's anything New England. He's like, yeah, I'm in. I'm into that. Yeah, so you like Gronkowski too? I like. I like Gronkowski. You like that? You like? So that? you like Tampa Bay? I was yeah, like, do you like, like Tampa Bay now? now? Yeah. No, I really don't. <laughs> I don't know why. We'll see. Maybe. Yeah. Well, Maybe I'll we'll see. Yeah. Maybe I'll when they win, when they're in the Super Bowl. No, I'll. I'll have a. I'll have a legitimate. I'll, I'll stick to my my word here in the near future on on that whole. That ball game. I know the Lions play them this year. That's why I'm they just. They do. Like, it's, isn't yeah, it December? I, I don't know if I can. You guys talked about that, right? You guys yeah, are gonna go to the did. game or something like that? I hope so. I would. I would love to. I mean, <laughs> I'll wear a mask if I have to. That'll be the first time. But <laughs> 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 or in my hockey cage or something. Okay. That's a mask, right? 
Yeah. Can't tell me it's not. Yeah. Uh, it is a mask. <laughs> I'll just wear my helmet with a birdcage. Uh, <laughs> no, but, I mean, I get the, the Tom Brady argument why he didn't make your list because I, don't, I honestly don't even look at him as a Wolverine either. I know he went to Michigan, and I, and I love that we can hang our hat on that, but it's like, eh, it's not. There's so many better true blue Wolverines that were really good in the moment that I'm going to take over Tom Brady personally. It's annoying when people hang their hat on it. Yeah. Like, he, he didn't do what he did with New England at Michigan. It just didn't does happen. Does he ever show any love, though? He like, does. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, he does. does he? Yep. Yeah, he does. He, huh. does. he does a good job with that. But I, I get why he doesn't make your list because, I mean, I, I feel like he's the type of person that you have to Google. Like, hey, where did he go to school? Like, I mean, there's a lot of Spartans in that way. but Sure. Uh, but, yeah, that, that's just the way it works. All right, guys. It is that time of the podcast. It's time to introduce our Michigan beer for episode 59. But before we do that, I want to remind everyone again to stop into D-Hop's Brewing Company Cafe. I only say D-Hop's because of Trav, by the way. It's like a throwback. But anyways, it's D-Hop's <laughs> Brewing Company Cafe for some of the best beer in West Michigan. The family-friendly atmosphere is perfect for a date night, night out with friends, game day, or night out with the family. DeHops is the official brewery of State of My Sports in 2020, and if you mention State of My Sports, you get a nice little discount when you dine in or carry out with a growler, crowler. Stop in and try the State of My PA, named after this podcast. Uh, they have great beer, seltzer, wine, whatever your beer of choice is. We're sure DeHops will have something that you will like in just as much, if not more. That was part of the script, so I wanted to make sure I wanted to include that. Sam, do you have anything that you want to throw, or should we just start getting into beer grades? I, I honestly can't remember our out song. That's what I'm focused on right now, so just pass it on to Micah. It, it's <laughs> over. It's over. It's over. That's what it is. Thanks. <laughs> Micah, what, uh, yes. you got a beer grade for you? What, what are you drinking tonight? Yeah, so I'm drinking Madeira, the IPL from DeHops, and... I like how light and easy drinking it is. And, and the, these these are all, again, personal beer grades, just personal tastes. There, there's not a whole lot of <clears throat> serious grading that we get into. And I'm going to give this beer an 8.1 tonight. It is a very, very good beer. Yeah, I, I, I would I would agree with him on that one. I, th- I think it's a really good beer. You're just going to take the grade, or are you going to be individual and like create your own grade out of this? I'm, I'm still trying to find this one. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. No, but I, I think it's a good beer. I, I wouldn't say it's like my style, honestly. Like it, It's a little lighter than, than what I like. It almost tastes like a... I mean, I don't want to say like a Bud Light or Miller Light, all of those things, but it's just like... I, I like more flavor, personally. Not saying it lacks flavor. It's just not my style of flavor. So I'm going to go to the 7-9. Not much lower, honestly, <laughs> but whatever. So tonight I was drinking Stand Delicious, and this was the beer that got so much hype early on, especially right when the podcast kind of started up, and, and I had taken so long to, to try this out. I, I got to say, I think it lived up to the hype, and I actually the more I drank this, actually the better it got too because I think it didn't – I don't know. To me, Stand Delicious is not like there's there's a good flavor to it. There's there's some juicy aspects to it, but it's not so juicy 
that it takes away from the beer flavor. I, I don't know the best way to actually describe that, but I feel like it stays true to its, it's, it's just not too much extra flavor. It's not too sweet, even though there's some sweet notes to it. So, it. so as it warms up, it stays true to what it is meant to be? Yeah, so, I, th- I yeah. think so. Yeah. Does the temperature make a, a difference in, in, in everything that you guys are drinking? Absolutely, it does. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Totally. Often, so, often with like porters or stouts, let those babies warm up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to a brewery in Detroit. I won't mention which one because it was kind of an embarrassing day for the brewery because their cooling system was broken. And so they were like, yeah, our cooling system's broken. And I was like, okay, I'll just take a porter because I already knew that it was going to be warmed up to where I wanted it to be. And it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Everything came out that was supposed to come out. I didn't have to wait. (laughs) It was awesome. So are you talking room temp or are you? Okay. Yeah. Yep. So when you take it out of the fridge, you get it from draft, whatever it is. Yeah. If you let it warm up, often, sometimes, sometimes. And it's it's a thing with, I mean, as Americans... We prefer our beer way too cold, and that's the thing. And and stouts typically open up, and darker beers, the roastiness and and everything that goes into them, the highly kilned malts that make them dark, open up um, at least ten to fifteen degrees warmer than what we actually serve them at. And, and that's exact. You guys took the words, all the words <laughs> out, of, out of my mouth there. It's exactly what I was going with. It was I started with it was nice and cool, and then it stayed true to itself yeah. when it got up yep. to twenty degrees C. Mm-hmm. Beer of the summer, <laughs> Celsius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the beer love of the it. summer. I, I love that beer so much, and I'm gonna I might walk out with a six pack whether I have to buy it. You will. It's a, you a will. question, but you will. Um, so this All is the moment will. I feel like I I've been waiting for for several weeks. Right. I, I mean, how how long has this been on the book? I'm so excited for this. I want to hear what Ed thinks about state of my PA, not only for the sake of Eric's feelings, but ours. Like we, we had a hand Spare. in it. I, I stirred this. Yeah, we, so, we did. Yeah, we yeah. shared. That one we passed time the paddle. Did, yeah. We passed the we paddle. Passed the paddle. <laughs> we took a picture. It was really nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I had a hand in this as well. So don't hurt my feelings too much. Otherwise, I could <laughs> and, go and back and edit out every single <laughs> thing. And, and can, can I uh, <laughs> can I jump in here? And for the listener who has not been to Da Hops or, or has not tried this beer for themselves, uh, we did this in a collaboration to promote both the podcast and the brewery. Uh, when we brewed this beer, uh, you know, it's a labor of love, and we try to support local when we can. I just want to give a shout out to Pyramid and Hop Farm out in Coopersville, uh, who provided us the uh, crystal hops to make this beer. And this beer is brewed 100% with their crystal hops, and uh, I couldn't be happier with it. I really enjoy it, uh, and and I just wanted to throw that out there. So. <laughs> now uh, you get quite a chance. The build up. <laughs> now you get a chance to grade oh, it. Just be careful. So yeah. it's a, it's an American IPA. <laughs> yes. So I thought it was it was pretty standard for an American IPA. It ha- held true to the hops and it also held true to the malt on it as well. And I thought there was a good balance between the two. One didn't overpower the other. You got you got the the greenness. I think the crystal hops had a really good green earthy tone to it. And I think you got that on the initial, and then the multi came out in the backbone. And I would say I give it an 8 out of 10. All right. 8 stars out of 10. 8 stars out of 10. I'll take it. Nice. Yeah. I, I, I'll I, take it. I like that as well. So can, can I ask you, so do a lot of beers like have 100% one hop? Or is that kind of um, odd? I don't want to say odd. I'm sure it's popular, but... 
I mean, most of your guys' beers, do they have multiple different hops or is that just... Not most of our beers. Uh, what we found when, when... So when crafting the recipe for this beer, um, I used it as an opportunity to use my favorite locally sourced hop, which is Crystal. Um, it's hard to come by now. Michigan Crystal has been pulled recently uh, out of the ground because nobody else really uses it. Um, I'm a big fan of it. I'm a big fan of that hop. But we have two beers that are on tap right now that use 100% um, a single hop varietal. Uh, State of MIPA uh, uses 100% crystal uh, in the dry hop as well. We have another beer called North Seas, which uses Paradigm that is proprietary only to West Michigan, which is also super, super cool. Very cool. Uh, So, yeah, um, grown also out of Coopersville. All right. Oh, nice. Um, But, yeah, um, so we have two currently. Too currently, but it's not it's not an odd thing to to see. Um, typically, when you see a single malt or a single hop single malt beer or single malt single hop beer, it's called a smash beer. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, no, you'll you'll find them, but we right. try to uh, source locally when we can, and this was a great opportunity for us to do that. So, all right, before we we sign off, I would be. So mad at myself if I don't ask about it. What in the world is a glitter beer? I've heard about it on the podcast. Oh my I God. saw it on the blog. I'm like, I've yeah. never heard of it. What in the world is it? How do I get my hands on it? I feel like my daughter don't, would be pumped don't, when I drink don't. glitter beer. Just don't. No? no. Like, what, why? Um, What's wrong with it? It's edible glitter <laughs> in beer. So mm. it's literally like huh? in the beer? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and yeah. It like no, looks no, cool. no, I'm not doing that. No, don't. Don't ever do it. Yeah. Please Why? don't ever like, do it. I mean, does it taste weird? Like, what, no, it's edible. So are you can, like chewing on it? Yeah, no. it's like, it, well, it no, tastes, you're not chewing on it. It's like if you were to put it on uh, a baked good or something like that, so, like, you can eat the glitter. Yeah. So I, I, as I was reading it, I was like, that's what I pictured. Damn, it's I like totally you, forgot about the glitter thing. Yeah, I would have so, put that down. So it was like. <laughs> instead of the New England IPA. <laughs> no, but like, I thought I was so over that already. I it's just not it, a blip on like, my radar. All right. So I, I see glitter beer. I hear about glitter beer. I'm like, there's no Why way. Why do you hear about glitter, in the, glitter beer? In yeah, the like, weird, there's no way in the world it's just glitter inside of a beer. Yes, but that's, that's really what it is. No, it literally is. And the funny thing, I shouldn't say funny thing. <laughs> the horrible thing is that it settles out. I mean, there's oh, there's so the weight and there's stratification that happens. So the weight of glitter is heavier than the weight of water or sugar. So you would choose a green beer over a glitter beer? Well, I would choose a <laughs> beer that I didn't have to shake a keg up to, to glitter up a pint. Because <laughs> oh, that's going to settle down to the yeah. bottom of the keg. And that's a real issue that people are having. Really? Why do it? What, what is the point? Like, I mean, it's not like you. Hey. It looks pretty for Instagram. Does it? Oh, because you've heard about it. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, I, that's it. No, I it's heard working. Them talking about clearly, it. like, it's working. What yeah. is this thing? <laughs> I had to ask. I'm so glad that I remembered to because if I would have, if I would have <laughs> forgot to ask that, I would have been so mad at myself. Yeah. But uh, sucks. Hey, I want to thank you guys for recording. I want to thank Eric, Ed, yeah. Ryan, huge, Micah. Huge shout out to you guys. Kyle is sleeping somewhere on the Thanks under for a rock, having us. But yes, thank you Thank very you guys much. for recording. Really appreciate it. I want to thank all of you guys for listening. This is the wrong version, but we're just going to roll with it. This uh, is not what we This wanted. is not the typical <laughs> song, but it's we're not doing the typical it live. episode. So effort, we're doing it live. So thank you guys. We'll talk to you guys next week, if not sooner. Peace, guys. Let's close around the corner. Feeling
cup of music. I, I can't stand it. It's just kind of...